The Ron and Fez Show starts right now.
I said five years. Five years since Katrina, and America takes its sh- a giant shit in its own bed. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron Fez Show. We are live, so give us a call with an Ichiban. Ichiban. Ichiban, of course, being the big story. Stories everybody's talking about. You can pick up the phone and go, I called in today and got a on the air. Did you hear me? I was very, very early into the show, and I said, and then Ron said to me, good. That's a really good Ichiban. All right, 866 Ron zero fez eight six six Ron zero fez. Here's Tony in Tampa. How you doing, Tony? Good morning, Ron fez. Yeah. Love you guys. Happy uh, five year anniversary. I've been listening to you since day one. All right, since you've been listening to us since Katrina. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we're all very very excited. You're my favorite show. Mm. Uh, can I just say one thing? Uh, best wishes to uh, one of my favorite comedians out there, Robert Schimmel. He's on uh, life support. Doesn't know if. We don't know if he's going to make it or not, so best wishes to him. I hadn't heard a thing about this. Yep, he was in a severe car accident uh, in Arizona over the weekend. His daughter was driving. He had a little son in the back seat. His daughter is in serious condition, but Robert's on life support. Well, I saw a... him a couple of times at the Tampa Improv. He's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, he's a brilliant comic. Uh, all right, horrible, well, horrible story. I hadn't heard that at all. Uh, I've got the... Uh... Ron Fez News Team on top of it, though. We'll keep an eye thanks, on it. Buddy. All right, all right thanks, you. Tony. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, uh, actually, I saw him in this uh, not too long ago. I think he was doing Stern's show. Um, he looked in, in good shape. I know he had been sick a couple years back, but uh, oh, that's, a, that's an awful story. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here right away to uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, morning, buddies. Tickle six ninety nine check in. Oh, let's go old school on this. Face, face, face. Fez, can I get a replacement for these? Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, what do you got there, Jimmy? I got the Ichiban. All right, uh, this is the Ichiban. Yeah, uh, Giants coach Tom Coughlin was severely disappointed in the Giants this preseason, and with all the injuries, he said they need a lot of work for the upcoming regular season. Well, uh, if if Coughlin is uh, disappointed in anything, it should be his own haircut. But it is uh, very, very uh, uh, funny to see how here in New York, the Jets have kind of surpassed the Giants in heat. The Jets have all the excitement level. Now, you grew up here, Hicks. Oh, yeah. It's always been a Giants town. It's a Giants town. Everyone hated the Jets. I didn't know one Jets fan growing up until I met Earl here. Well, it's always the Long Island guys. Uh, Opie is a Jets fan. Earl's a Jets fan. I think Pitsy went across the uh, grain and went Giants. Yeah. But when you're out on Long Island, you will see a bunch of, like, Jets stuff. Now, if they want to go to a home game, they almost have to get a hotel for it because you've got to go all the way down Long Island, over the city, into Jersey. It's it's not worth it. Fucking nightmare. It really is. And people just love Rex Ryan, too. I mean, they hate Tom Coughlin, even though he got him Super Bowl, but they love fucking yeah. Rex Ryan. Well, Rex Ryan is a big goof and curses a lot and gets happy for no apparent reason. Like, his dad was like a really bitchy guy, but Rex Ryan is kind of gruff but lovable. And uh, just wears those giant shorts on uh, Hard Knocks. 
And it's always like trying to think of like fun little contests for everybody to do. Well, people like to see that. These these are people's. Coach. I did not know it, but I think you're right that he kind of makes it into Survivor or Big Brother. Yeah, like a reality show. That's all he wants. We're gonna do something today where we pick the ugliest guy. Ugliest guy. All right, wait. I want to eat a whole bag of M and M's. He always gets very very excited about um, shit like that. Well, they have pretzels in them now. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're delicious. Uh, so, to the Giants fans in the world, even though they just had the Super Bowl a couple years ago, they are now falling in the back, falling closer and closer to the back. Uh, here is uh, Justin. Justin, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, my buddies? I got Then let me hit this. Paris Hilton was arrested in Las Vegas for possession of cocaine. And, uh, Ronnie, if you wouldn't mind, could you bring that money back, please? Well, I will bring the money back to you uh, with the help of Jason. Somebody bring me back the money, please. Hey, hold on that new shit. Niggas like how come? Niggas want my old shit. Let me bring that down. Uh, I want you to get a, a note out to Jay-Z that he doesn't have to work below. All right. Didn't Becca Palooza mean anything to him? We're turning back to God. I'll send that note over right now. Yeah, send it over and send it over with some uh, Cristal. Okay. And just say, look, um, chill this before you drink it. Um, well, here's the thing what happened with Paris Hilton. And the girl can't leave her house without a dope bus lately. But she's in Vegas and they get pulled over and there's uh, Coke in the purse. But here's the beauty of the story. The purse that she had with her was not hers. So the lawyers are on this. This is just a giant misunderstanding. Uh, She happened to have just... Somebody had left a bag on her lap, and in that bag uh, was some Coke, which I actually... It's not unlike Entourage. Like, what's this? Here's a fucking bunch of 30-year-old men in Entourage who have never seen a bag of fucking blow before. Uh, guys who have been partying all these years. Yeah, giant drama should be coked out of his brain every episode. Jesus Christ. I'm sure Turtles done bombs. Hell yeah. Um, but it came off so much like when they found cigarettes uh, in Greg's fucking jacket. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And I'm doing a Brady Bunch for you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for the Ichibans today. Uh, it is a live show, and that means if you want to do a talk radio show, you have to be involved. you got to pick up the phone, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Don't just be a listener. Be a participator. Um, let's go over here to uh, Mike. Mike in Houston. You're on the Run of Fez show. Got the easy bond for you, Ronnie. Now let me hit this. Yeah. Roger Clemens is determined to go down in flames going before court. Before uh, the uh, Congress. Uh, they won't let go of this guy's dick. And I really don't see what the fuck this has to do with Congress. Out of all the things that these ham and eggers should be paying attention to. Oh, uh, you know, he lied in front of us. Who gives a fuck? It's baseball. The Pat Tillman people lied in front of you. Why don't you get pissed off about that? But he did steroids. I don't get the whole fucking deal why Congress suddenly has to be involved in steroids. 
It makes no sense. It just shows how fucked this country is. That the government cares about fucking baseball. Now, as far as I'm concerned, though, you know, Clemens, uh, Red Sox, and a Yankee, he's got what it's ever coming to him. I like to see him get him and all those other pricks. Get every single one of them. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is uh, Gene in New York City. Hi, Ronnie. I have an Ichi bomb for you. Then, Gene, um, let, me, let me hit this button. So, so SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, is honoring Ernest Borgnine this year with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, Stalker be- Patty wants to go to that. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, but this guy for, who was a writer for the uh, L.A. Times came out and is questioning whether or not he should be so honored because of a statement he made four years ago about not wishing to see Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. So I guess now he's not worthy of the honor because he's a homophobe in their eyes. Anyway. Yeah, you should have to see every single movie, uh, even if it makes you uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure he saw Lakaja Fall. I mean, that should cover it. First of, all, first of all, he was Marty. Give him every award there is to give. Thank you. And he's also, he was in the Wild Bunch, possibly one of the greatest Westerns in the world. If anyone could make a comment about the Western genre now being, you know, the site of well, explicit sex. You know, we get into this thing that if anyone makes any a statement that isn't agreed with, with society at that fucking moment, somehow they're completely an outsider. There's no way for people to grow and learn. You have to constantly have been right, no matter what you said. And he should have said this. Brokeback Mountain made me cry. <laughs> I, I just cried like a baby at that, uh, at that film. That's what you should have said. Well, you're the best, Ronnie. All right. Thank you very much. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to Dave in uh, California. Dave, what do you say, buddy? Welcome to the Ron Fez Show. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I've been reading about these miners stuck down in that uh, in, in Chile. Uh, oh, and, be- and what, I'm sorry, what country? Uh, in, in Chile. So suddenly now you have an accent? Yes, I do now. So all, all this time you didn't until you get to Chile, and then it's Chile. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's hey, right back to La Argentina. Would you rather be stuck down there like those guys are stuck in a sub? There's very little chance of either of those happening to me because I I won't find myself in a mine or a sub. I get a little claustrophobic, but I will give the uh, Chileans this. They look like they don't give a fuck. They're just down there in their underwear, just hanging out. It doesn't look like it makes any difference to them. And then I found out that most of their apartments are worse than that cave than they're stuck in. So those guys are just doing fine. And apparently they're going to try to get them out a lot earlier uh, than they originally thought. The last thing I saw was that the miners were going to have to start moving about a ton of rocks themselves to get out. So they might a- as well. They got nothing else to do down there. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd rather be trying to dig myself out than sit and wait. They're going to run out of shit to talk about probably already a week ago. They fucking hate each other. They just despise each other already. Can you imagine being stuck with everyone you work with and it's hot and you're in your underwear? So, Rob Cross, you thirsty? <laughs> Rob Cross would be constantly like this. Hey, I got a new tune for you. It's by Marcy's Playground. I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's uh, Nate in Little Rock. You're on Run-A-Fez. Hey, Ronnie B., I've got an Ichiban for you. All right, let me uh, do this. 
There you go. The uh, Rolling Stone put out the top ten Beatles songs. They ranked them. I thought Let It Be should be number one, so uh, I'm disappointed. I wanted to know if you happened to see that list. Uh, not only did you see this list, but that, this was one of my hospital presents. The Rolling Stones uh, magazine's top 100, so I had a chance to go through the whole thing. But magazines are so smart at this because they it should just be called A List You Are Going to Hate. So that I was able to sit there in the hospital and scream and bitch about someone else's opinion that had nothing to do with me. Well, you're in pain. You don't need that. Well, there's no list to make me happy unless I made my own. And there's no way I'm going to sit down and make a a list of my favorite of anything, let alone Beatles songs. Isn't it hysterical? Because we're coming up on 50 years since the Beatles broke. And they're still the most talked about band today. And they will be for another 50 years. And once, once fucking Paul goes... Give go- him a rest! I don't know. But once Paul goes, it's going to be even crazier. It's going to be like freaking Michael Jackson, where everyone just starts re-downloading and buying everything they possibly can. You know, uh, another thing I was doing while I was recuperating, I got to watch two different Jack White docs. One that I had had the director on. I think it's like it's going to get loud or something like this. Make it loud. And then the other one uh, was when him and Meg... Went through Canada? Oh, yeah. the uh, It was more of a rockumentary because it was barely it was, any of them talking. Well, when they did talk, they faked it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's amazing. You like when she cried, though, at the end? I like everything about her. <laughs> I like everything about her. And that's why, as much as I'm against incest, he had every right to be with his own sister. Hell, yeah. Um, uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Pete, Pete, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys, what's going on? 21 minutes, says he said two words. What is up? Is he having a bad day today? What, what's, what's going on? We're going to let Fez uh, come in at his own point. I know he has a rant against Mr. James Cameron that he planned on doing. And I said to him, well, John Landau supposed to stop in today. Uh, you booked him. So I don't know whether he's going to do that straight to Landau's face or after Landau leaves. It's going to be interesting. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You know why I like you, Fezzy? Why is that? Edgy. I love the fact that you are edgy. And uh, Landell's going to get an earful today. Um, Let's go over here to Mike in Florida. Mike in Florida. How you doing, buddy? Hey there, Ronnie B. I have an Ichiban for you. All right, let me hit this. Uh, Ronnie B. Last night, uh, Brian Cranston, a big winner again for Breaking Bad at the Emmys. Three straight years in a row, Brian Cranston is uh, the big Emmy winner. Now, I normally don't watch uh, the Emmys. Last night, I took him pillar to post. Uh, you had unmasked on Jimmy Fallon. Starting the thing in a very glee, glee fashion that Jimmy loves to sing to people. He loves, uh, well, he loves the business of show. Uh, And it went on and on and on last night, these Emmys. And I just sat on my couch and occasionally I went like this. Damn, why does it still hurt? I would have really thought uh, eight, nine days into this, the pain would be gone. See the big doctor tomorrow, Hicks. How do you think that's gonna go? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch uh, directions and and go for dope. 
Oh no! Are no, you sure. No, actually, ever since I did my, you know, uh, you know, told everybody this story, Jesus Christ, the pill heads fucking write to me. Really? Help me! Oh Jesus Christ! So I really hearing from a lot of people. Uh, now I think I'm addicted to pain now. That's my uh, newest and best thing. So you're like a cutter, sort of? Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am, I am a cutter. Not only did I watch the stupid Emmy Awards last night, I watched the pre-show with uh, Billy Bush, the red carpet show. And he has a kid on from Glee. And this is how uncomfortable television has become. This kid from Glee, uh, obviously the gayest kid in the whole world. The kid, as his date brings his drama coach from high school. Oh, no. So the drama coach is like, I'm not even slightly surprised to see him here. He's always had it. And like uh, Billy's like, was he a good student? He got in his fair share of trouble. And Billy, then the two of them, then they show the guy's high school. The gay kid from Glee, the tears are just coming down his face because you see he's like, I can't believe this. This is all happening. And then Billy Bush says to his drama coach slash date, how did he do with the ladies back in school? Billy Bush is the craziest bastard. He's the so fucking, alive. he doesn't listen even slightly. He's the best on all the shows he goes, he's on. He's just, he's just insane. Was he ever the president? Was he the one Bush that uh, never made it to uh, president? That pre-show was so bad, he gave away a spoiler alert about the big Emmy opening. With Kate Gosselin. And then at one point, he said to one of the women from um, uh, Modern Family, everyone would love to see you naked. Um, well, she said, if uh, we win this, I run down the street naked. She was doing the soccer bit. Oh, okay. So she made the announcement. And then Ed O'Neill said, I will run. She's, uh, they're now calling her New Charo. She's taken Charo's act from the old Merv Griffin show, updated and, you know, like I'm Spanish, I don't know what I'm saying, but my tits are bouncing. And everyone's supposed to believe that because you're Spanish, you're also uh, naive. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, uh, my friend just canceled his party because he came out and said he was gay. Wanted to see if Fez thought that that would be an inspiration and that he's gay. Uh, what kind of party did he cancel? Straight party? Yeah, it was like a party with everybody just to hang out and all that, but he just admitted he's gay, and he said it was canceled. All right, so wait, you hung out with this guy your whole life? Yeah, I know him. He's uh, one of my good friends. Now, did I you, had no did, idea he was gay. That makes, in my opinion, that makes you gay, because I have a feeling like you and your whole crew are gay, and one at a time you're going to start and find out. It's a gay prostitute gang, probably. I didn't even know that. I didn't know they had gay prostitute gangs. Yeah, GPG. I got to be careful then not not to flash my lights back at anybody. I got that from Wendy. She told me, "Do not flash your lights." And then she said, uh, "Forward it to ten friends within an hour, or something bad's going to happen to you." You did right. Yeah, uh, Hicks got me a nice sighting this morning over on the Gay Channel. The wonderful, beautiful Jessica Alba. Now, what was her perfect ass doing in there? Not over here. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to get to the bottom of her booking, but her, her shit was all fucking tied up. She thinks she was only here till 11. She had a very specific schedule. But and what's she promoting? I believe Machete. No wonder the gay guys aren't going to go to Machete. I know. Our listeners are going to go to that. I'm already there in my head. I wanted to just have her put her butt in pudding, and that would have been it. How long would that take for her to lower her ass into some pudding? 
I think they were worried about t- t- the time it would take to clean it up. Oh, all right. Enough said. Gotcha. That's why you're producing. That's why you're producing this rock fest. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Dave in Pennsylvania. How are you? Hey, Ronnie, I got an EQ bond for you. Let me hit this then. Once again, the sneak attackers from Japan have conquered Hawaii, this time in the Little League World Series yesterday. Now, has it been a while since uh, Japan won? Didn't they used to win all the time, or was that Taiwan that used to win? Yeah, it was Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, You and Eastside Dave are the only people I know who will watch every minute of the Little League World Series. Dave actually puts on his old uniform from when he was a kid. Um, Beanie makes some egg salad sandwiches, and he enjoys the entire day. He loves these guys. With a ball bat there. All right, a lot of people uh, write to me, ask me how Eastside Dave's doing, and uh, obviously he's doing great. He's taking over, uh, is it Brookdale? Yep. Brookdale. 90.5 tonight. All right, he's taking over Brookdale, uh, 90.5 tonight, radio. Uh, public radio. He's just uh, banging out. But I don't have Dave for you, but I do have the next best thing. Uh, New to Twitter right now, Billy Staples. Billy Staples, uh, who was Eastside Dave before Eastside Dave, uh, moving back up. He was underwater for a little while, decided to surface. And uh, we'll try to get that up on 202 Friends. It's Staples. His name is Staples R&F Star. Staples R&F Star is his uh, big Twitter name. Nice. He's repping it. And uh, you'll want to follow him because I just have a feeling the jokes are going to be coming fast and furious. And he'll always be uh, willing to uh, comment on, as he likes to put it, the old days. Last time I talked to him, I go like this. He says to me, don't you miss it? And I go, I'm still doing it. I don't know how to tell you this. Oh. Fucking for you, you get the, you know, the nightmare's over. For me, it goes on. I 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron. Glad to have you back. Thank you. Hey, bud. I just want to call and let you know how much we miss Dave. We hate him at first, but we love him now. XM fucks up, and they let him go. That's all I got to say. Come back, Dave. We miss you, buddy. There you go. Thank you very much. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. The reason why I love the South so much is they can put everything so perfectly. XM fucked up. Succinct. Yeah, that's what it is. It's succinct. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go over here to Logan, Austin, Texas. You're on my fez. Hey, Ronnie. Glad you're back, man. I had that surgery about a year ago. That's a bitch. It really uh, is a pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Hmm. For some reason, I didn't think it was going to hurt so much. I thought it was like a little kid's disease. I thought it was yeah, like... yeah. It fucking blows. No. But I got you an Ichiban. Well, good. Let me hit this uh, then. Ichiban. Hurricane Black Earl bears down on the East Coast. Maybe Carolina is going to get revenge for slavery. Well, can you imagine right now if you thought, all right, uh, I've got a beautiful week off here. I'll spend it on the Outer Banks. And here comes Black Earl cruising in. 
unlucky poor bastards. Now, are they calling this black girl? It would be perfect if they did. And every time, like, when they put up the possible places that it could landfall, they just had big Earl heads there. It would we could start it, like, get, like, a Google trend going. All right. I didn't realize that. We could Google trend it. Or uh, we can uh, hashtag it on Twitter if we need to. Uh, but we haven't had any big uh, hurricanes this year, so uh, we are due. And what a way to destroy an Outer Banks uh, vacation. And here's the thing in the Outer Banks. Your ass is out there. You got a lot of driving to do to get off that uh, off those little islands. I don't even know if they're considered islands when they're like that, when they're just – what are those things in Florida considered, Fez, like all the beaches down there? Like um, like an intercoastal or a jetty, something like that, I think. It's not a jetty. Archipelago? And the intercoastal, I think, is the waterway, right? Yeah. I'm talking about the land itself. They seem to be like little connecting islands, but not enough to call them islands. Almost like a causeway. Well, isn't a causeway an actual road? I think it can be either one. I think it can I be, didn't know that. I think it can be land or a bridge. Where so like everything's a, a causeway. Water, too? Is the water a causeway? Air? No, I don't think they're causeways. But I think it could be like a strip of land connecting. I can't wait to you lay out land, though. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't know if that's a good idea. Why not? Why not? Didn't you plan a rent? Yeah, but I, I, it was uh, bad thinking and bad timing on my part. Why is that? You don't like to rent when people are sitting here? No, not really. All right, we got some people ready to answer us on some of these questions. Good. I'll let uh, our phone screener uh, catch up. Who you got phone screening for you today? Right now we have Dustin, an ONA intern, coming in to help out because we've got two brand new interns in today. Tell Dustin I said thank you very much for coming here on uh, on a day that he didn't have to. Because I saw him earlier, and he just went like this to me. Uh. A lot of people don't like to say hello properly, so they just give it. Uh. Um, all right, let's. I saw it come up, and then went away. So I'll try you. Hi, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, this is uh, Kyle in Georgia, and I live live on a bare island down here, and it's the it's kind of like the Outer Banks, where it's it's the island, and then you have just marshland, so it's not really an island because there's actually landmarks and stuff. So they're called so, b- barrier and- islands. Barrier Islands, yeah. All right, I like Where, the name. Yeah, it's marsh, so marsh, then island, and then intercoastal waterway. So you're there in Georgia. Are you in the way of this uh, black girl hurricane too? Uh, looking like it. Yeah, it could be. Could be uh, retribution coming coming our way. All right. Well, I'll just let you this in honor of uh, the hurricane, and of course Eddie Trunk. We will be playing "Rock You Like a Hurricane," and we're going to try to do that the moment it touches land. We always did that in Florida. Everybody would suddenly put the production together immediately. Um, uh, Rob uh, thinks he has an answer. What is it, Rob? I believe it's called an isthmus. Well, let me tell you this. This isthmus, I'd love to get a hurricane. And everyone have a, a merry isthmus, if you can. Yeah! This one's going out to Opie. I'll tell you something, Opie. Now, Opie, here's the thing. 
you have to stay if this thing hits. Don't be one of those girls driving. Don't push out on us. Keep your new baby right there like a football. You're protected from the top and the bottom. Oh, God, how does Eddie put up with this music? It's all he's ever wanted. He loves, he loves it. it. He loves it. I saw a guy outside the studio on Friday with a metal show, that metal show shirt on. I was like, all right. That's cool. Loving it. I told you when I was sick, those guys gave me an hour and a half of happiness. Pure happiness. Three straight uh, that metal shows in a row. All right, hold on. I just got a text from Rob Cross. What is this song? It fucking rocks. I don't know, Rob. Spin around. I saw these guys. Uh, what did they used to call that tour? The the metals, the god of metals, the metal something, some fucked up tour in the eighties. But um, during this. Everyone in the stadium threw cups back and forth. There was a big cup war. I watched the entire show from the press box. I had to do stage announcements and then into a nice chilly press box. The luckiest man there. Oh. Was it soundproof, any chance? No. But in those days, you could smoke. Oh, shit. I was watching Blowout last night on uh, IFC. I think it was on IFC. And uh, it's a John Travolta movie from, like, the early 80s. He's smoking in the hospital. Yeah, I was watching Wall Street, and, he's lit, and Charlie Sheen lights up a cigarette, and that was in the 80s. I, I was like, holy shit, this isn't that long ago where you could actually smoke in a hospital. <laughs> it's insane. What happened? I don't know. Things changed. Your generation, Hicks, that's what happened. Well, you still got the rock, though. That's true. Rock lives on forever. I already got this sent to us at 202 Friends. Hurricane Black Girl bearing down on nothing. It's napping. We'll see. Uh, Brad, Atlanta, you're on Manifest. How you doing, Fezzy? Uh, I was just telling you that Isthmus guy is a fucking idiot, and Isthmus is a short little thin stretch of land with two bodies of water on either side, like the Isthmus of Panama. <laughs> and the uh, uh, Outer Banks are barrier islands, the Pamplico Sound in the middle, back about a couple hundred years ago, a few hundred years ago, maybe a thousand years ago, that was all land. And the, the sound is actually lower at its deepest point. I think it's like 15 feet, and it just flooded. So there you go. So it's just a flood, it's just a flood zone to stay that way? Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Brad. Take care. Peace. Ron, California. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good. Good. Hey, uh, the tour was called Monsters of Rock. Ah, thank you very much. Saw them at the Oakland Coliseum. Who was all in that tour? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. I know Van Hagar was in it. Yeah, them, Scorpions, um... It was the oh, one God. band that was like the Led Zeppelin ripoff that they tried to act like was a secret band. 
uh, they acted like, well, Led Zeppelin's putting out an album under a different name. Like the record company itself promoted the bullshit. Right. Yeah, it was, maybe they sucked. They were horrible. Yeah, it was a fucking, oh, it was a hot, ugly yeah, day. There was, a, there was another year where they did it where, like, Metallica and Guns N' Roses played Monsters of Rock, too. Yeah, but, but this, uh, that wasn't the one I saw. This was... Yeah, the one, the one you're talking about was it was Van Halen, Scorpions, and um, that sucky band, and then there was one other, and I can't think of who it was. That smoked too much. I can't remember that far back now. All right, be- peace. All right, man. Later. Uh, Matt, Matt in Bradenton, you're on the Run of Foes show. Hey, Ruddy B. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how was it to have that first drag off that cigarette or cigar when you got out of the hospital? Still have yet to do it. Still oh, no. have yet to light up a cigar since I've uh, been in the hospital. Uh, mainly because I can't, um, I can't even get on a cough thing because it feels like I just got shot in the stomach every single time. Holy shit, is that bad? I don't want to get into the whole Fez didn't visit me. And the hospital thing, because that had you bummed out last week, Fez? Uh-huh. But then you didn't call me over the weekend either. So I thought maybe you'd be making up with it with a weekend call. I texted you a few times. I know you did, buddy. You did. Earl did. I, actually, I've been hearing from everybody but Fez. I'm just sitting around kind of cracking up going, he acts like he's upset about it. Still don't want to bother me? I wasn't sure if you were resting or not. Here is, and it says Jow, but I'm just going to uh, just try to guess who it is. It's this Joe is, from Philly, Ronnie Bay. How, how are you, are you guys pal? doing? They have you listed as Jow. <laughs> well, that'll work. Yeah. Hey, I, I just wanted to mention, if it actually is uh, Hurricane Black Girl, Opie should be all right, because it'll be on colored people's time. Probably miss them by a few days anyway, right? Uh, thank you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Andy, uh, New Hampshire, you're, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, that, uh, Ronnie, sound like a million bucks. Hope you're feeling better, sir. Thanks. Uh, that that shitty uh, Led Zeppelin wannabe band was White Snake. Oh no, these guys were never as big as uh, White Snake. Uh, this is somebody that actually had no heat at all. So the record company acted like uh, they're putting it out under this, but it's really Led Zeppelin. But don't tell anybody. And, of course, it never was. It was just like a, a cover band that had made a fake record. Uh, Wayne, Boston, you're a manifest. Ronnie B., that terrible band was Kingdom Come. Oh, perfect. What was the big hit? Do you remember? Uh, no, no, I don't. See if you can find anything on the Kingdom Come, their first hit out, Hicks, yeah. and see if even for a second it would have fooled you and made you think that it was Led Zeppelin. Mm. I remember it being just fucking hideous. God, I used to hate radio. I used to think, well, all right, I'll be doing, uh, uh, I think it was What Love Can Be. What Love Can Be. HTG just sent that in to us because she loves to raise the fist of the metal child, although she's more of a maiden, maiden. She's a maiden, maiden. This was... We're not saying who did this. This is Charlie Logan on 95YNF. Here's the mystery band. Sure remind me of a band in the 70s, though.
Seriously. You should get arrested for this. This is awesome. I never heard of this shit. This is great. Talk about Sauron. It's like a cross-dressing tranny fucking salute. We don't know who this band is, but they kick major ass. You know what I've been living on, Fez? What's that? Mineral waters. All day I'm just drinking mineral waters. I got some vitamin water if you need it. Yeah, that's what I would need. Instead of this coffee cup. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Jim, you're on a Fez. Jim. Yeah, hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. Uh, I, I, the song was uh, Get It On, and uh, I'm ashamed to say that I know that. The Big Kingdom uh, Come song? Yes, uh-huh. All right, let's take a listen to that one. Uh, no, thank you. The mystery band is back. Charlie Logan. From the Bay to the Beaches. Rules the pools. 95 YNF. Is it um, is it embarrassing? Now, how would you feel if you were a plant? Honored by for sure with this fucking shit. Honored. Ridiculous. I mean, if you did this as a comic, you'd be considered a hack stealing. Uh, Ronnie, Kansas City. Hey, Ronnie B. The song that I remember the mystery band was a group called Zebra, and the song was Who's Behind the Door? Uh, now, Zebra... From what I understand, uh, Don Cumia met her future husband in a zebra chat room. There are zebra chat rooms? Oh, I guess on Long Island there is. I got the zebra. See if they're the big mystery band.
I turn this off. It makes me uh, makes me just feel like I'm stuck out there on the LIE. Uh, Lawrence, Denver, you're on Manifest. Lawrence, I can't keep playing games with you. Here's Tom in New York City. Tulsa Morning Zoo gives out cash and more. Oh, I hope so. Hey, Ron, continuing down this 70s musical bent, uh, Springsteen is going to release an album of uh, 21 so- songs from the Darkness on the Edge of Town sessions when he's right past his musical peak. Now, there was some uh, thing that I saw that uh, there's actually film of it too, right? It's going to be like a documentary? Well, that's news to me. Yeah, I think the thing that I look, uh, read, look it up, Hicks, is that they had shot a bunch of this stuff from uh, Darkness and uh, have had it sitting around. I guess they saw that uh, the Stones had had a little bit of success pulling out old uh, video stuff. So that's going to be re- released. I guess stay tuned to E Street uh, Radio to hear more about it. Eight six six Ron zero Fez eight six six Ron zero Fez. Um, all right, hold on. Let me look over this. Uh, Monsters of Rock eighty eight Van Halen, Scorpion, Dokken, uh Metallica, Kingdom Come. Yeah, that's the show. I had to fucking sit there all day. And then they would bring the bands by. I think I had to take people backstage to meet the bands like Lucky Winners. Oh, I just started fucking radio. It was such a nightmare. Sounds real lucky, actually. Yeah, it was. It was. Dawkins, holy shit. Yeah, Donnie Dawkins was there, the little wizard. All dressed up as a tiny little wizard. Uh, was explaining to us that he slept in a bed that looked like a toadstool. I wanted him to stop talking, but I was afraid, afraid that he would start to sing, so I didn't know what to do. Uh, CJ in Atlanta, you're on a fez. Hey, buddies. Welcome back. Yeah, great to be back. All right. If we're going to talk about Led Zeppelin being pissed off, that someone's ripping them off, why don't we call a spade a spade and do some research about Led Zeppelin ripping other people off? That would be your job. I could give two fucks about Led Zeppelin on even their best day. I remember seeing a Led Zeppelin show in the 70s and leaning over to my friend and saying this. I wish they would uh, invent a Blackberry so I'd have something to do during this bullshit. I come from the land of the ice and snow. All right. Stop it. Stop acting like you're a fucking wizard and a Viking. Stop being a Viking wizard all day. And just fucking rock a little bit. Um, we just did the Michael McCann thing. And one of the things I do uh, remember is him saying the Spinal Tap um, based in some of their shit on Led Zeppelin and the silliness that Led Zeppelin would get into. Um, here is uh, Bill in Savannah. You're in Hey, Ronnie. Glad you're back. Glad uh, to be back. I don't think Opie has anything to worry about the Black Earl Hurricane. He hasn't come around him since he got him the job. That is true, but in Earl's heart, he loves Opie. He's told me that many, many times. He adores him. Uh, Earl, very excited to have this uh, hurricane named after him. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We're going to take a break here. Coming up a little later on in the show, 
Uh, John Landau is stopping in. He is the producer of Avatar. Um, and they're re-releasing Avatar. Went into the theaters again over the weekend. Eight new minutes. Uh, never before seen footage. Uh, John Landau, of course, uh, the producer of the two biggest films of all time, uh, Avatar and Titanic. So we'll be talking to him in just a little bit. Uh, coming up after the jump, it's the Run of Fish show. I'm 47, 47 years old. You know how I stayed alive this long? All these years. Fear. A spectacle of fearsome acts. Somebody steals from me, I cut off his hands. He offends me, I cut off his tongue. He rises against me, I cut off his head, stick it on a pike. Raise it high up so all on the streets can see. That's what preserves the order of things. Fear. Texas favorite of all time. This is shit. What is it? What does he love about this band? The great drumming. The fantastic. She's always on time. It's crazy. She's great. The precision is <laughs> fucking mind blowing. You like the fact that they both dress alike, like little twins? Yeah, it's nice. Nice red, black, white color scheme. <laughs> so how long since they've been together now? Um, I think the late '90s when they started playing together. I think in high school, and then mm. the first album was 2000. I think. And then when did they stop it? It stopped maybe three years ago, I think, putting out albums, and that was the last one. 
and he's just been doing his own thing now. Dude, whatever little <laughs> fucking Benny's into. Yeah. But they will come back together again, and people will go nuts. Oh yeah, they're, they're, I think they're putting together another album soon because uh, she had that crazy nervous breakdown a few years ago. What had her so upset? Well, they were saying it was that porn tape. They said that was her. That turned out it wasn't. But I think she's, she's just a terrible live performer, and she lost her shit. She never wanted to do it. She was fucking forced to do it by him. Pretty much, like I need a gimmick. You're coming with me. Like getting out of fucking shitty Michigan. I can't blame her there. Did you ever see that It Might Get Loud bit? Yeah, I saw he, that. Yeah. Where he has little Jack White with him. It's awesome. That he keeps in the trunk. He's fucking hysterical. The guy is great. He's just a big, scary fucking weirdo. All right, your uh, favorite performer now is Lady Gaga, Hicks. What? And, um... She's into two different things. Uh, first of all, a lot of people are getting mad at her because she's telling the kids that she does dope. And they would rather she kept it to herself. And she's saying, no, I really like the right material when I'm on dope. And then two, Madonna has offered her the opening act as the world tour. Um, they said Madonna is just obsessed with Lady Gaga. That's a huge surprise. And... Um, she wants her to be the opening act. She said, name the price. Any price doesn't matter to me. And the way she wants to open the show is Madonna wants to come out, uh, lie down on the stage, pull her dress up, and have Lady Gaga crawl out of her vagina with a big giant cake hat on and start the show that way. Can they pull that off on the stage show? Um I don't know what's happened in newspapers, but the name Lady Gaga has to show up every single day. Yeah, they can't get enough of her because she says no. some crazy shit. She's good at saying crazy shit to get yeah. herself in the fucking newspaper, even though it's probably all lies. So apparently everyone who's ever done uh, celebrity rehab is mad at her for saying that she does dope. But, uh, you know, she hasn't hit the wall. And why is it that we want our pop stars to lie to children? Why can't they just say the truth? parents are assholes. Do you think uh, Beatles, Stones, Doors, The Who, all the classic rock bands weren't doing dope? Oh, they're very sober. Who are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck are they? This is insane. This shit on that. The celebrity rehab people, they're a bunch of assholes anyway. There's no real stars in that. Hold on. Janice Dickinson, my friend. Oh. She was the first supermodel. But I don't know why they would rather say, uh, and I will tell you this. Uh, a very big action star said to a comic once, um, you know, we all get high, but you're stupid enough to talk about it on stage. Uh, and that I'm not going to say who it was. It was Sylvester Stallone. And I won't say who he said it to, Kinnison. But the point is this. What is wrong with just honestly saying, here's where I am right now? people are horrified of uh, ruining their image because the image, if people want someone to be sober to be a role model to get more endorsement deals for more money they're just scared shitless of not being able to make as much money as they possibly can all right so let's say this though <clears throat> you'd rather be a fan of someone's image and then not know who they are i think a lot of people are like that because they don't give a shit because that's what like when britney was a virgin for so long oh yeah she loved god and then later they said no nah, she said well, I was fucking everybody in, in sync. That's it, though. JT fucked the shit out of me forever. <laughs> I don't know if he did. I still think that kid's gay. See, even if the, with the um, role model, if she was saying, oh, I never did dope, uh, you know, don't do drugs, parents still wouldn't want their daughters role modeling her anyway. They would freak out if their daughter went to school in a bubble dress. 
or their hair drive well, shaped somebody, like a telephone. Somebody's buying those albums for those kids. Those kids aren't being able to get in cars and buy these albums by themselves. Someone's mom's picking them up. Oh, no, it might be better to dress crazy than dress totally whorish. Well, isn't she dressing kind of whorish, too? I guess it's just, it's, some, it's like half and half. Sometimes just crazy, other times it's just crazy whorish. Fucking tape over her nipples and whatnot. Everybody would rather just hear a lie in this fucking country. Now, the uh, Glenn Beckapalooza over the weekend, uh, he drew, the papers say 87000 was the official estimate of the Parks Department or whoever. Uh, the Beck people said he drew more. It looked like a shitload of people to me, though. Uh, but they all went down there to hear something. And basically what he said is, we got to get back to God. Now, how many times have you heard that fucking thing said? Since when did the country turn its back on God? During the Bush years? You got to stop using that as a gimmick. I don't know. It seems pretty surefire. I know. I know it works. But see, there is a thing of saying something that's easy than saying something that really fucking matters. Well, Glenn Beck's never said anything that really matters his entire life. It's just all crazy gibberish. Apparently he does to those people. All the same people who still go for just saying God is great. They're all a bunch of assholes. Well, it hit- Why are you so down on the Tea Party? And let me point this out, Fez. Not too long ago, you told us the Tea Party was this failure and nobody cared about them and they weren't working out. There's a ton of them. And they're growing all the time. Now, I would, except for, you know, I really don't like tea that much. Comes off a little, dare I say, gay. To sit there and have a tea, or at the very least, uh, English. Uh, By the way, if you'd like to go over uh, 202 Friends, uh, we're going to do the... And I love the plug, Fuzzy. That's my part of the show. I'm the plug guy. Uh, We're doing um, the hypnosis show on Friday. The hypnosis show on Friday. So we need some people that want to be hypnotized and some people in the audience uh, that can watch all this going on. Because I know a a lot of people say hypnosis is not um, real. It's great to watch this shit. It's it's just it's, oh, it fucking cracks me up. It's hysterical. I love I, it. When I, I remember the, my first weekend uh, when I was first an intern. It was uh, a hypnosis show that Friday, and I just watched that. I was like working a mic. I was like, this is insane. I which one was it? Do you remember? It was uh, the Midnight Rider uh, when and uh, and Fez and Pitsy. It was it was great. It was the Midnight Rider doing uh, board gossip, and then something about fart animals farting. It was just really totally insane. The Midnight Rider, I'm so disappointed he's not here to be hypnotized um, because he is a fucking crack up. Fezzy, this is Fez's step out time. You will hear Fez earn his paycheck on Friday. I, it's, uh, I'm very susceptible to going under. For cock. For hypnosis. And uh, Don the Hypnotist from HypnoticTouch.com will be part of that. Ten, min- be doing- ten minutes before you lay out uh, James Cameron in front of John Landau. I, I don't think that's a good idea. But you already wrote it up. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. So, uh, 202 friends, if you'd like to be hypnotized or just uh, view the hypnotism, 
Uh, Hicks, you can't be hypnotized, right? I believe I was. I, they tried to do it to me once. I couldn't do it. I, I don't think I can be hypnotized. I don't know. Now, uh, Newsday Laura wrote in. I don't know whether she wants to be hypnotized or just watch. Uh, Nico wants to be hypnotized, which we should try to get him a little more bold. Oh, yeah. He was great with Brie Olsen. <clears throat> he really was. Brie Olsen was amazing when she got hypnotized. And remember... Um, she started crying at one point because she loved Fez so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was totally obsessed with Fez. <laughs> she thought I was going off to war. And everything went along great that day until she let a cat out of the bag. And, um, but she was hysterical. And she Lily, was great. Lily like, jerked off her finger or whatever, and she was like coming. Some weird shit was going oh, she on. Oh, she jerked off Brie Olsen's finger? Yeah. I think uh, it was like her finger was her clit or something. What's the newest on brand Lily? When's the Lily brand coming back? Do we know? I'm not sure. I haven't heard uh, when it's coming back yet. I know she's going to do some traveling. I'd love for her to stop by here one day. Uh, she's opened up to a lot of big new opportunities. Maybe she'd like to be hypnotized. Now, did she get hypnotized, Lily? I don't think so. She was just sitting there having fun with, with Bree? Yeah, she was She was still you know, not hypnotized. Mikey Boy is going to try to be hypnotized. Last time it didn't take with him. No. Because he kept thinking of other stuff. You gotta, you gotta be the type of person who can just totally give yourself uh, over. Um, but I, uh, I really like when chicks do it. It's so much better when a chick gets hypnotized. Oh, this is very interesting. Hosp is interested. Get the hosp man in here. Um. Hey, Lee, you're on the Run of Fez show. Um, Lee. Ronnie. Yeah. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What can I do for you? Uh, I just Lee Mills? And tell me that I was, uh, yeah, it's Lee Mills. Oh, they didn't, see, they didn't put you up that way. They just yeah, put well, you up I as said, Lee. I say Lee Mills, and he's like, who, Lee? I'm like, just say Lee Mills. Ronnie knows who Lee Mills is. <laughs> of course I do. Of course you do. Um, I was calling because I was hit by... Uh, Don tried to hypnotize me a couple months ago, uh-huh. and it did, didn't really work. But he hypnotized Laura. Laura, uh, uh, Newsday Laura. Yeah, Newsday Laura. I think she's going to come in on Friday for that. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was a trip. Did walking she up to me, saying things to me, and didn't really act like she knew who I was? It was pretty funny. All right, that's great. I definitely yeah. want her part of this. Yep. Was she anybody else show. able to go under Lee? Um, I think there was one other girl, nobody that you would know, but uh, there were like 10 of us, and I think 2 out of 10 were definitely under. Wow, that's that's low odds. Now, yeah, when, well, it was entertaining. When I used to have these guys at my club, they used to bring up about 16 people, and about 12 would go under, but then also 5 people would always go under in the audience just watching. These people were so fucking weak-minded that they would just take a slide while watching a show. Yeah, that happened this time, too. One of the persons out of the audience, they had to pull back out. I tried my best, but I don't know. I kept laughing when he said stupid things. Right, right. It's it's not for everybody. It generally yeah. isn't. Now, he can hypnotize Fez in seconds. Now, people won't ever believe it, but I will promise you this. I will make sure we showcase funny Fez Watley. On Friday. That's my dream to get back the what I consider the run around fuss. 
and and just pop it a little bit. Now, uh, thanks a lot, Lee Mouse. All right, peace. Talk to you soon. Who we got on the phones today? Let's do intern Greg just an hour a little bit. Tell Greg, you know, I know it's his first day and all, but I got to treat Lee Mouse like the VIP that he is. I know he's the guy talking to. I know it's his first day, but I'm gonna the well, you know what? First day could be last day. Tell him. Tell him what school does he go to? Ask him right now. Oneonta. All right. Tell him that 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 is a shit school that doesn't prepare him for phone screening. Done. There's nothing worse than your first day suddenly just have the focus on you. Or if, as in this case, even a couple decades in, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should just practice at home when the phone rings there. Just uh, be by the computer and just start typing who's ever calling his house. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Mike in Jersey, you're on my fez. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, Fezzy, today? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I saw a hit. I was at college my freshman year, and they did an icebreaker thing with a hypnotist. And they convinced my buddy Brian that this broom was a hot blonde and that he was dancing with him. And he actually started groping the air like it was her tits. It was very vulgar and very hysterical. Yeah, there is always the... uh, Well, when I was in eighth grade... They had a regular shrink. Some of us had to go to the shrink. The people who didn't take um, school too seriously, like the the people who thought that school was just a fucking waste of time. So we're all sitting in there, and he starts to uh, hypnotize people, but more in a clinical way so that the person could really describe himself. So he starts to ask this guy about a, a teacher, right? And... Uh, what the uh, problem, why he wouldn't listen to her. And this fucking teacher was like an 80-year-old woman that used to ride this kid all day and fucking, you know, give him Fs and throw him out of class and shit. And we're all sitting there watching him being hypnotized. And he's saying, what would you like to say to this teacher if you could? And the kid says this. And he's talking about an 80-year-old teacher. And the kid says, I just want to tell her that I just want to fuck her and I think about it all the time I just want to fuck her well first of all if you hear the word fuck in school nothing could be better thinking about a kid saying I'm going to fuck an old lady nothing could be better we hit the fucking floor I was laughing so fucking hard I just started backstroking across the fucking floor it was sincerely this might have been the peak of my entire life hearing this fucking mongoloid talk about banging the chick so he goes home like a big pussy tells his fucking um, ma what happened she complains in school and the shrink is out now no more fucking fun we had all, like a couple of periods where we had to sit there shrink I can for that yeah you're not allowed Come to hypnotize on. kids and have them talk about banging their fucking 90 year old fucking 8th grade uh, teachers I would always love that in school when they were trying, like, hey, Ron, let's sit down and rap. What's going on in your head? Why don't you like it? I'd be like, take a fucking look around. We're in school. You're a teacher. Why would I talk to you? <laughs> we're in school. Why would I be in a good fucking mood? You got fucking, you're just annoying me all day. 
You should see me outside. I'm happy-go-lucky. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Another thing we've got to uh, look into. And, Fez Watley, I'm going to put you in charge of this. Okay. Uh, Because I put you in charge of it a couple weeks ago, and it's going great. But that is our football pools. Uh, We'll be lining it up. We've got some great stuff to give out. We're going to run two different pools this year. One, you got to pick the winners. And the other, that shotgun pool, Fez, that you like? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the uh, the one where, like, the elimination pool. All right. So after uh, work today, I want you to go talk to Rob Cross. Let him know the prizes that we already have to give out. Get it past legal. Because the first game is a week from Thursday. Week from Thursday. We start the NFL season. Find out who the big uh, NFL concert is this year. Um, I think it's this Thursday the start of the season. Bullshit. That's what the, I had an intern look it up earlier this morning. I think it's Viking Saints on th- this Thursday. Well, we're not going to have time to put these pools together then. I'm going to double check it right now. That seems a little early. Fez, you know when the first game is? I thought it was the ninth. I'm checking right now. Well, I'm not a calendar, so I don't know. Is that a week from Thursday or this Thursday? That would be a week. A week from today? A week from this Thursday. Okay. What's going on in the heck? You all fucked up? These interns are killing me. It's their first day. Yeah, well, I, I, it, it should be last. Let's do this by myself <laughs> from now on. Fuck it. No. No, I'm lone wolf. I don't want you to be a lone wolf. I want you to be wolf pack. I want you to change your name to Wolfpack. It's like they're fucking shoving knives in my eyes. Well, that's okay. I'm sorry I gave you that shitty information. We have time, though. Oh, yeah, that, that's, better, that's yeah. better news for us. All right, so we'll be able to put that together. but um, And we'll tell you how to do it. And hopefully we'll have the first one ready to go tomorrow. We'll get that one all filled up, and then we'll start the second one. So n- number one, you'll just be guessing games every single week. And the other one is the shotgun elimination, um, which you normally get a winner pretty quick on that, right? Yeah, because what will happen is there will be one big upset week one or week two, and it will wipe like half the people out. All right. So there's a possibility to uh, be in two different pools that we'll be running here on the Run and Fed show. But I just got to make sure we get the approval down the hall. Um by the way, Fez, I know that you like to uh, stay on uh, the WWE. An old buddy of ours, Luna, Bish- Luna Vishan, uh, passed away over the weekend, only uh, 48 years old. Uh, Luna was one of those people that we met many, many years ago before she even got into WWE in Florida wrestling. That had to be a sad one for you, Fuzzy. That was really sad because I remember one time there was an event going on and uh, Luna had come to a backstage party and I had my parents there. And I remember Luna, with that voice of hers, being really nice to my mother at one point. So it was a little odd combo. But, yeah, that was that was tough to see. And she had had a run of bad luck. Her house had just burned to the ground. She was living with her mother. And... Uh, so and they still don't know what it was. Uh, Forty-eight years old, why she passed away. Yeah, nice summary. Uh, George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up? Uh, Steelers played their last preseason game on Thursday, so it's got to be next Thursday. So. Oh boy, you're Steelers. Are you? Uh, are you even looking forward to it, uh, George? 
Well, I kind of lost interest a little bit somehow. I don't know. It's just with all going on and stuff like that. But uh, I still watch them. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe to see how quick the Steelers have gotten themselves pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah, if Ben uh, would have stayed uh, honest and everything, uh, we probably would have been doing pretty good. But now it's probably going to get downhill. So what Ben, do do? here's the biggest problem with Ben. Because uh, he's a big, strong kid. He's got a good arm. He just can't stop raping people. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, you got to stay out of them places. I don't know. Would you? You got that kind of money. You shouldn't be in them places anyway. So I agree with you. Uh, yeah, you've got to have uh, whoers come to your house. You got to bring whoers to your house, and then of course you've got to have your bodyguards shake them down, making sure they're not wearing a wire. Is this any pussy wranglers to fucking bring these broads over? I didn't or? know that that was an actual title. Yeah, it's like it's a job title. I did not know that. Yeah, you're an NFL fucking quarterback. You got a pussy wrangler. You know the thing about you, uh, Hicks, is you keep me connected to the street. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. That must have been the guys who were keeping the last girl's friends out of the men's room when they were trying to get in there to get her back. Uh, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Run, I've got a spy report. Let me hit this then, uh, and it'll be my way of acknowledging you. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Yeah. According to Twitter, looks like Opie says Hurricane Earl will make a lot of noise and commotion, but in the end, it won't even blow a feather off my porch down here in the OBX. So it looks like he's going to hang in there and ride the storm out. Well, and REO Speedwagon put it the best, of course, when it comes to riding the storm out. But I will tell uh, Opie this. I don't think, even though he grew up on Long Island, I don't know whether he's ever taken the full heat of a hurricane but you will see people running when the hurricane comes and the only thing you can do Ope, is fucking lean into it you just gotta lean into it I never even heard this fucking part of it before. This isn't the real... Oh, normally in radio play, you get the live version. And oh, don't be listening to the radio during your vacation. Enjoy yourself. Alright, uh, now people are calling it Black Rock You Like a Hurricane, Volume 1. Hmm. I've never heard the, ni- the non-live version of this. Steve Leeds is running down the hall. Is Kevin Cronin back? Why did he stick close with him? White on rice. Here's Eddie in Virginia. You're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh... I just heard that Hurricane Earl got lost on its way to a sticker stop, but Hurricane Bejibi is on its way. All right, Earl made a couple mistakes in the past, but he has his resume back in here at Sirius. And who knows? Maybe they'll have forgotten. 
I guess it's possible to forget a total, complete meltdown on the air and then come harass them at the office afterwards. You have to admit this, Earl is a legend. And that's why they're naming this hurricane after him. No one crazier. The other thing Oak needs to do is put that tape up over his uh, windows like an X. I don't know why. Everyone in Florida does that thing with the tape like it's going to somehow save their home. You put up an X like no hurricanes. You can't come in here. And the fucking funniest thing in Florida is when the hurricanes are coming, literally a million people will be on the road running trying to get out, and then driving in the other direction is guys with surfboards on their fucking cars. That's always awesome to see those fucking guys. Well, they're hysterical. Like, what do you honestly think you're going to do here? Fucking pick up a wave and ride it up 95? How big of a wave are you ready to grab? I'm going to brody this motherfucker. So we have to at least Thursday to a possible touchdown? Yeah. The funny thing is it could it could hit here and then bounce straight up. It could grab Ope in the Carolinas and then keep going up into Long Island and wipe out his restaurant. This oh, no. Could, <laughs> this could hit him twice. Billy Joel is already to write another song. All right, Avatar is uh, back out again because they found out there was a couple dollars that weren't in their pockets. Uh, John Landau is the producer of this and uh, wants to come in and talk about Avatar. Back in the theaters for a limited time, over eight minutes of new, never-before-seen footage, avatarmovie.com. Let's bring in John Landau. John Landau back in studio with us, pushing the little movie that could, the little movie that just keeps picking up steam. Avatar, you re-released it back into theaters. We did. Uh, eight new minutes. A little over eight new minutes. You know, this is really a, a thank you to the fans. We, mm -hmm. we put this out there. People want to return to Pandora, and we gave them a little bit more action, a little bit more of the night by Illuminescence, a little more backstory, and a little more, more of the uh, love scene. And now, of course, uh, you guys, I guess, have had time to figure out where you want to go with the whole thing. I know James Cameron's been talking about writing a novel. And, That's right. Uh, you want to turn this thing into 
Something along the line of what, what I guess George Lucas uh, did years ago with Star Wars. Well, I think we have to stand on our own. I think that the, the world of Pandora is unique, and we've only touched the surface of it. We've only touched the surface of the world itself and the stories that are there to be told that are you know, relevant to today's world. I think what science fiction does, which is great, it is a metaphor for the world in which we live. And it lets us examine how we do things today, but in an entertaining fashion. Which was kind of surprising because it seems like a lot of people who saw the film kind of took out of it whatever their political background had to be. Uh, some people saw it as uh, pro the green movement. Other people saw it as a pro or kind of American movement. Uh, and you guys, I guess, have just left that up to people. We really did. I mean, we think it's a movie that's really, to me, it's about asking people to open their eyes, mm -hmm. to open their eyes and to realize that whatever we do has a repercussion to people around us and the world around us. It doesn't preach. This is not an inconvenient truth or you mm -hmm. know, a movie like that. This just says, hey, open your eyes and then you make the decisions yourself. So did you think it was going to have this kind of feedback or did you guys initially see it as just a science fiction action movie? Did you think you'd, you'd have discussions going on about it? Well, we hoped we would have discussions. Movies are about themes. When they're successful, movies have themes that are bigger than their genre. Mm -hmm. And Jim had written in so many great relevant themes to this that, that range from, you know, cross-race relationships and a mm -hmm. cross-race love story to an unsuspecting hero who's in a wheelchair. And if he can rise to become a hero, any one of us you know, can as right. well. So. You know, it's weird. Uh, Gene Roddenberry had done that kind of stuff. And then I was just watching Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, they had run it again over the weekend. And there's still similarities in that story of guys, you know, going native. Well, you know, there, there's classic storytelling, you know, that, that really transcends time, and you'll see it in, in pieces throughout time. And for example, Titanic, I mm -hmm. mean, that's really Romeo and Juliet. Right. You know, Shakespeare wrote that how many hundreds of years ago, but people relate to that. And I think people often get confused in, in originality, uh, that it's sort of originality in presentation and not necessarily in story, because when an audience goes to a, a movie, if there are familiar touchstones to them, mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. Right. It's the hero with a thousand faces where it's every kind of culture has these stories, these heroic stories that kind of get retold over and over and over again. Every, every culture does. And it's important now, even more so than ever in the film industry, that we play to every culture. Right. Because we are a worldwide industry. You know, maybe... 20, 30 years ago, it was a North American-based business. We're not. We are a connected world, and, and that's what Pandora is. Pandora is yeah. a connected world, and we have to be able to reach people in China, in Russia, in Brazil, and in, in all these other territories for movies to truly be successful. Well, when you start, started producing films, how much of overseas did you guys think about? Was it... Uh, I mean, it was there, but... You know, when, when, when we started, my first film I ever produced was 1986. Uh -huh. And we didn't think about overseas at all. Really? At all. This, the, the, the film that this was on was a very American story. We were, it was all about North America and how we'd play here. But that started to change, uh, you know, as we, as we move forward and, and, you know, into the 1990s. Uh, and certainly, you know, with, with Titanic, what Titanic did double its business internationally from what it did in North America. And I think that's when people really woke up and, and saw the potential. <clears throat> Titanic was the first that did that much more international business? It's the first one that did that much more at that mm -hmm. higher percentage. And, and Avatar, it's, it's an even greater percentage that was done internationally. Uh, you know, we did about two and a half times the business internationally than we did in North America. Where, where do you find, like, what part of the world did it, did it play 
just incredibly big you know, compared to us. Well, you know, compared to what their norm, yeah. norms are, uh, you know, Russia what wow. was a huge, huge and, – and it's an emerging market. There are cities now that have theaters that 10 years ago did not have movie theaters in them. China, the same type of thing, an amazing. In Australia, it, we had the highest ratio of population to admissions of any of the territories. So it just shows you the, the breadth and, and the universality that, that Jim puts into his movies. Yeah, it's stunning – it's stunning to see that, uh, you know, as a director, he took that m amount of time off between films and came back and did this. Now, for you producing, is it difficult to market overseas? Do you, do you, do you market the same way you, you would in, in America? Well, you market a little bit differently. You know, they don't have the same television penetration that we have. So, mm -hmm. so you'll see more outdoor advertising campaigns. Publicity is more important. Uh, you know, leading up to it, the, the last year before the release of the movie, I made a number of trips internationally trying to get exhibitors on board, theaters to play the movie and all these. So, so it, is, it is different, but it's, uh, you know, I think we're all learning how to deal with that. And because what you guys are doing with technology You've got to make sure that these screens can handle a film like Avatar. That's right. What, what, last thing we wanted to, was to go out and present Avatar in, in an inferior version, you know, from a visual or, or audio standpoint. So we were very concerned about the theaters and their infrastructure and how that was all being presented. Um, and thanks to a great team of Fox International people around the world, they did a great job on that. You know, it, it's um, and now, of course, you've got the DVDs and the Blu-ray coming out. Um, Jermaine Lucier said uh, that he thought it looked even better on Blu-ray than it did in the theater. Um, so you guys are – this is – your work as a producer, it's just constant. You've it, been working this it, thing. It, it never ends. I mean, you know, the, you know movies like this, you, you, you follow up. And you want to, again, Blu-ray, we wanted it to look better. We had right. more time to, to work. People see it on their homes. It's a backlit screen. Yeah. You, get, you get more light on it. We're coming out with a new DVD in November that's in about half an hour and a half documentary that explores the making of, a whole other disc dedicated to more behind the scenes and how it was all done. And that's all something that we're involved with. So, so we stay with that. We stay with our merchandise and licensing partners as we move forward and roll out more Mattel toys and the like. So this could be life's work for you now. I mean, after all these years of, of you producing movies and moving on to the next kind of topic, you could just find yourself in the Avatar business now. Well, well I, I look at it a little bit like children. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you nurture them for so long, and then they finally move out on their own. So, right. so this, this is the, our latest child. Uh, and also with this... Uh, because you've been so involved in the technology, there's a lot of talk that goes back and forth. Since you guys came out, all right, 3D is the way to go. Now there's been quite a few 3D flops. Um, there have been quite a few 2D flops, too. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like when, when they bomb in 3D, the technology takes a little more of the heat, don't you think? Well, I think it does because I think people are losing sight of what makes a movie work. Mm -hmm. 3D does not make a movie work. Story does character does. 3D is an embellishment to it. If, if you go back and look when stereo sound first was introduced to film, surround sound, people were playing too much with the surround sound and you people in the theaters looking all around right. instead of watching the screen and being engaged. To us, 3D is a window into a world and not a world coming out of a window. Uh, and you're re-releasing re Titanic. We are planning on re-releasing Titanic. We're going to be spending the next year and a half uh, plus to convert it. Um, and I think, you know, to do conversion, you can do that on library titles if you involve the director because there's, there are creative decisions. 3D is not a technical process. It's a creative process. 
uh, you would not shoot a film today in black and white if you wanted it to be in color. Mm -hmm. So why shoot a film in 2D if you want it to be in 3D? You can make the decision, and not every filmmaker needs to say, I want to make a 3D movie right now. But if you don't, don't. But you guys are committed to 3D. We are committed to 3D. We see our lives in 3D. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, your computer screens, whether you're on Mac or Windows, it's the poor man's version of 3D. It's layered back and forth. So we think that all of our screens are going to go to 3D. Why? Because it's more engaging. We think it activates actually more the brain, that you're, you're asked to, your brain works harder to, to process that, and you retain more of that. So whether it's for learning and education or just pure entertainment. I think what's so funny, too, and I still read articles about you guys, is that despite all the success... Everyone still thinks you guys are kind of crazy. As you moved, you know, Titanic, there couldn't have been worse press, I think, on any movie in my life than Titanic. Didn't even open that big, if right. I remember correctly. No. Uh, Avatar didn't even open gigantic, right? Avatar no. opened okay. I always say it's not about the opening weekend. It's what are you doing the third weekend? And that's how we make movies. And yet nobody else thinks that way. There's not another person, I think, in Hollywood who would say the same thing as what you're saying. They all say it's about the first weekend. Right. We, we look at it differently. We really look at, you know, if your movie is working, especially in today's word, world, there's going to be a word of mouth that's able to get out there, you right. know, thanks to Sirius Radio, thanks to the Internet, thanks to all these other things. Um, so for us, if we can deliver, and we told Fox, you don't need to open to the highest number. Mm -hmm. You just got to open it to enough of a number where people can say, I want to go back there. I want to tell people to go see it. And you, you had that again on this film, which is, uh, you know, you talk about the word, word of mouth. People actually now tweet during the films that if you uh, watch Twitter over the course of a weekend, people start to to do this stuff. And I don't know if the, I know that the, the at the movies just finally went off the air. I don't know if the critics still have the same kind of heat they had when, when you started making films. Well, look, I think the most important critic and the person, the people that we make the film for mm -hmm. are the public. Right. They are the critics that you care about. And, uh, you know, we had that Twitter effect right at our premiere in London uh, on Avatar, where coming out of that, we screened in two theaters, about 3,000 people, and people were, you know, tweeting all over the place about what they felt and what they experienced in the theater. And, uh, you know, critics have a, have a good role in, in, in the world of films, but we make movies for the public. Now, for you as a producer, do you feel a little out of control with that? Like, oh, you know, in the old days, you would be able to, you know, go test the film out of town. Oh, we're going to go back and, and, you know, tweak it a little bit. But now the word is out incredibly fast. Well, you know, look, we control what we can control. And we were able to test for ourselves Avatar through the making. We had some mm. internal screenings. We opened it up to a little broader group of, of family and friends, all of whom we felt would protect our ability to do the creative process. We need that feedback because we sit there and we think, oh, well, something's so obvious, but we've lived with the movie for four years. So we need to hear what's not obvious to an audience. And the people we brought in respected that and understood they were there to help us create the best product, and they did. Four years, though. That's so long. How long before, like, okay, we, we've storyboarded this? How long did it take before you guys could start looking at dailies? Because I know you had to go back and add all the right. computer stuff. So well, The reality is the first time we saw a shot from Weta, digital, mm -hmm. who did our visual effects, finished, was three years Jesus. into the process. And, and Jim and I sat and we watched one of the first scenes we had turned over to them three years later. It was a scene where Neytiri sees Jake for the first time in the woods. It was about nine shots, and we were so excited. We said, they delivered. They delivered on what we thought we could do, 
And then we were terrified because we had 2,000 more shots to do. So we had that one moment of joy, and then it was right back to work. Uh, And this is the way you guys are going to make films from now on. Do you ever see yourself going back and... I don't know, just making a you know a small boy meets girl. And... Absolutely. I mean, you know, we don't seek out technology. We seek out stories. Mm-hmm. If the stories call for us to use technology to service them and to tell them right, we'll use that technology and we'll advance that technology. So if we do another avatar, which we want to do, we'll use the technology. But if we turn around and do another movie that, that we have a couple that we're developing, they might be straight drama. So if, if we want human characters, we're going to shoot the human characters. If you look at Avatar... No human character was done CGI. So we don't want to replace the actors. We want to empower them. We want to empower them through CGI technology to allow them to play characters that they would not otherwise be able to play. Do you feel like everyone else is catching on to this, though, that even though you've released this and it's a giant hit, um, do you feel like people are getting it? I mean, your peers. You know, I think some and some, and we want them to get it. Mm-hmm. We want people to utilize the technologies that we pioneered and, are, and utilize because the more people who use them, the more robust those technologies will be. The more comfortable people in the industry will be working with them, and it will enable us to do what we do, which is tell stories in a better fashion down the road. Is there a dream you guys have, like uh, James Cameron shooting in space one day? Do you ever sit around and go, you know what, we could be the first guys ever to go up in space and shoot a movie? You know, we've thought about a lot of different things. And uh, <laughs> Jim even uh, you know, thought about it several years about, about going up into space. And he actually went and did some training in Russia to go yeah. up in space. And uh, look, I think, again, it comes back to stories. We don't sit there and say, hey, it would be cool to shoot out in space or mm-hmm. it would be cool to use CGI technology. We say, here is a story that is emotional, it's engaging, and it's thematic. How do we tell that story? It always comes back to the story. Right? It's just like we're in rock and roll, you've got to have a song first. That's right. Um, you, know, you could be the greatest guitar player in the world. Nobody cares if the, if the song isn't catchy. Uh, but you guys, I, I, it's just stunning to see how you keep pulling this off. Well, time you know, well, again. We, we owe it to the people we surround ourselves with. You know, we, we, we stand on the shoulders of of people like Weta Digital, Richie Bainham, Glenn Derry, and others who, who really are the, the ones who enabled us to make the movie. And how many people are we talking about all together working on an avatar? Well, working on an avatar, you know, including the visual effects companies, mm-hmm. we probably had well over 3,000 people working on it. 3,000? And I don't think there were any leaks, were there? There wasn't anything of pictures getting out that you guys weren't controlling because I was looking for it online. I was waiting for it to happen. You know, the the studio was very concerned about that. And, you know, when I told the studios, look, we could put all of the the technical processes in place. But if we don't develop a bond with the people we're working with, those technologies don't mean a thing. They're going to leak it anyway Mm -hmm. because it was all digital. And we built up that bond. We made people feel a part of the process if they were onto something special. And, you know, a few times, a few images got out of the outside of the building and, and we looked into it and we took it very seriously. And, mm-hmm. and thankfully to our crew, you know, they allowed us to uh, keep our privacy. Uh, so Avatar back out, avatarmovie.com. Uh, you guys are planning a sequel, right? We are planning a sequel, and you know, Jim, Jim has done two sequels in his career: Aliens mm. and Terminator Two. And you know, I would argue that both times they lived up to the promise of the first one. Yeah. So we're going to only jump into the sequel when we have a script that we're happy with and uh, attack it with the same vim and vigor. Uh, thanks so much for stopping back, uh, John. It's a crazy story. It's just wild how you guys are. Well, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having us. Okay. Happy ball itself has its own energy. Or life force, if you will. 
its natural environment is in the home. So why don't you send them home? <laughs> send them home. Just send them home. It's time to go home there, Bob. so much better than the Stones. I know. I'm saying that back here to the interns. They weren't listening to me, though. Let's see. Uh, oh, thinking about our buddy Rorschach today. and he's having a rough day. Rorschach, we're your pals. Um, let's see over on 202 friends Hurricane Black Girl is headed to an ancestral home of North Carolina that is assuming he doesn't stop for peanuts Um, let's see a couple people uh, wrote in saying that Avatar blows that's not the point here of what you think of the movie this movie to me with Landau and James Cameron are just Absolute freaks. That 1997, they could make the biggest film in the world. Fairly simple plot, technology all around it. And at the time, they weren't using stars. Those people weren't big stars yet. Uh, then I they think Billy the, Zane was the biggest star at that point. <laughs> yeah, they probably threw him in just to have a name. We need a name in there. Let's throw in Billy Zane. Um. <coughs> Then 13 years later, they make another star, uh, movie, No Real Stars. Simple plot, using a lot of technology, and the whole world shows up again. And if both things have, both things, like you said, uh, right before everything coming up to the movie, it's like, oh, it's going to bomb. It's went over budget. There's not, there's no, one, no one's going to go out to see it. And both times, it just hey, blows up. Make sure you let G-Baby know I dropped his name to John Landau like he was a serious critic. I will. I read something very interesting, John, on Collider.com. Jermaine said something very, very interesting. Because we don't call him G-Baby anymore, Fez. No. No, now it's Jermaine Lucier. You wrote an anti-James Cameron bit today. You were going to do it. Yeah. Why did you pull out? I didn't... I... Didn't realize uh, John Landau was coming in, and I didn't Did Did you feel it when you wrote it? Yeah, it was something that caught my eye, and I thought... Did you feel it when you wrote it? Yes, I did. Did It felt like something you needed to say. Right. Then why wouldn't you have done it? Why wouldn't you have been the guy who called John Landau out nose to nose? See, I don't have this uh, anti-James Cameron thing people do. I always like James Cameron. Aliens and Terminator 2 are some fucking best movies ever. Well, to me, first Terminator. First Terminator is the fucking shit to me. I could sit and watch that movie a million times. And it didn't, it didn't have really jack shit in terms of special effects. There was some, but it was really makeup effects. And there was some fake lightning going on when they traveled through time. That's about it. And some, That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> that was very scary. And some scale models, I guess. And I get the fact that the guy's a maniac. But the fact that he's so fucking, that he just keeps pushing it through. It's fucking stunning to me. 
So your your thing is this. You got these things, but you don't like to say it to people's faces, Fuzz? Yeah, basically. Kind of a coward in that respect. Coward of the county? Mm-hmm. And city and state. So do you not feel it or you do? I mean, I felt it at the time, but then I thought, you know what? It's not important enough to bring up to John Landau. You know what that's going, my friend? What's that? It's being a sellout. You just sold out the one thing that you always had, your integrity. When people would listen to this show, they always knew they were getting the, the truth from Fez Watley. They might not agree with you, Fez, but they knew you were a straight shooter. Today's the first time you blinked in front of the man. And Today I blinked was your, hard. Well, I don't even know if it was a blink. You might just shut your eyes and laid there. And then you got him to sign something? Yeah, I had him sign a uh, DVD copy of the movie. A guy that you were just ripping in your mind this morning. Now, you wrote that last night. Do you know that you and Hicks last week talked me into bringing the guy back? I said I already had him on the show once. I felt like I talked to him. Yeah, but he likes you, and you're re-releasing this. Might lead to these other things, and it's good for booking. You talked me into it. Yeah, and then I saw something else, and I just my mind went in a different direction. I just can't get everything to think in the same way in my head. I'm just an idiot in that respect. What about integrity? What about if you would have just told John Landau, this is exactly how I feel? Because I never sat around and told the guy you made a great movie. I did like the, the movie, but I think it's stunning the amount of fucking success that those guys have. It's fucking crazy. Uh, James. James of Missouri, you're in my face. I was going to tell Fez that if he quit being a pussy and try eating some, he might be a better person. See, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if they go together. I don't. I mean, and most of the times they do. But at some point, Fez... You need to say to yourself, who am I? What do I stand for? This was your chance. Right. Just to tell John Landau you weren't happy with him. Now, I remember you went to Avatar and you liked it. Yeah, I did like it. There was just something in the paper the, uh, uh, that I saw yesterday. Well, last night even. And um, You're doing a Snagglepuss impression? Last night even. And, uh, and it just caught my eye and then I wasn't... I wasn't thinking about that we were having John Landau in. Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is, do you feel those things or don't you? Do you even believe in those things or are you just saying them just to say them? Here's Lady Trucker, somebody who's always been there for you. Fezzy, why are you just being such a pussy? Oh, Thinking she about shut the fuck up. She does have a point, Fez. Shut up. I don't need any advice from you. Well, maybe a little bit. None. What's your advice for him, Lady Trucker? Uh, do like the Nike slogan. Just do it. All right. You're just thinking, you're thinking about shit. And Here's what I want you to do. With just do it. Uh, no seatbelt and driving blindfolded. Okay. Getting an accident like that. Yes. That's not good advice. Now, why are you mad at Lady Trucker? Because she just tries to make me feel worse than I already am. Well, no. I mean, her point is this. She's trying to just say to you what she would say if you weren't here. And that's how you could have been with John Landau today. Yeah, but I don't need to hear it from Lady Trucker. Well, Fezzy, if you just do things instead of thinking about them, I wouldn't be calling in. Maybe if you, instead oh, of... please. 
instead of fighting with her, you try to take her advice a little bit. I think today would have been a breakthrough day for you, Fez, if you would have just told John Landau what you actually think of uh, James Cameron. Right or wrong, you would have been making a stand. Right, but I didn't feel comfortable about it. You're doing that to a guest. I mean, he thought he was going to come in and talk about his movie, and I didn't, I didn't think what I was thinking was important enough to do that. Hmm. Well, that may be honest, Fez, but then you have to say to yourself, well, then why did I plan a rant about something that isn't important? Uh, was I just wasting time? Here's Rod, Rob, Garden City. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I think you missed an important question, and that's, uh, you know, how I was working with Vinny Chase on Aquaman, you know? Let me get a couple things straight out about Vinny Chase. I'm very, very worried about him this year. Number one. I didn't didn't see the show last night, so I'm going to He cut his own hair, okay? He's acting crazy. He fell asleep with his girl ass out. He's partying. No one can, no one understands what he's doing. Let's crack rail every now and then. What's the problem? Peter Berg is even offering to beat him up. I'll tell you, that show... Is there anyone who's not pussy-whipped? Finally, drama got pussy-whipped. Turned into Monkey Boy because some girl with a British accent. Turtle is the biggest fucking sissy ever. Well, drama's, I think, always been vulpid pussy-whipped. Whenever he's got to stay pussy on that show. He's always ended up being a little pussy-whipped. Okay, but at least this season he's been okay. Yeah. E is a fucking girl this That's year. That's horrible. That anal sex episode was just terrifying. To watch. A- Ari Gold is fucking a nightmare with that wife of his. Divorce her. What fucking woman is going to say to herself, my husband is number one in his field, in the most competitive field that there could be, so I'm going to bitch at him all the time about bullying with kids. Build your own fucking bowling alley at home. With all that money. Oh, that entourage. I, I don't know why I'm watching it this year. It's got me aggravated. Now, I will tell you this, Hicks. Eastbound and Down starts in September. I can't fucking wait. I have the first four episodes. Well, how? Bootlegs? Well, fu- bootlegs? No, it ain't fucking bootlegs. I'm connected. I'm, oh. con- I'm connected in ways you can't even imagine. But they sat there all weekend. I didn't look at them. Oh, come on. I don't know if I wanted to see him earlier. Wait. I fucking would have watched him fuck a couple dozen times already. It's on loop. What would you give me if I let you have him? Well, I don't have any money, so I'll have to do some sort of task. All right. Maybe a slave for a week. Maybe we do that. Maybe you have to be my butler for a whole week. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Big John, Iowa. You're on Run-A-FEZ. Yeah, Ronnie, I was thinking, you know, Fez probably really wanted to say something to Lando. He, he probably really gave it some thought, but he probably just didn't want to bother him. You know, he just didn't want to maybe wake him up or anything like that. He was very considerate, that Fez. Oh, you mean like with me in the hospital last week? Yeah, yeah, I guess I was thinking maybe that. Mm. You're over that now, right, Fez? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not. Oh. Now, even though it didn't bother me last week, this week... uh that still doesn't bother me. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Trucker Boy, you're on Ron-A-FEZ. Ronnie B., guess what? 
I didn't know if you knew this, but the Ari Gold character from Entourage is based on Ari Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel's brother. What do I care who it's based on? Well, the Ari Gold character based yeah. on Rahm Emanuel's brother, Ari Emanuel. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to Hollywood. me. It doesn't matter. He's a fictional character now, and he's acting like a fucking pussy. And it costs him an NFL team. Because he can't use his fucking Crackberry. He's got to go into the fucking bathroom like a bad Godfather ripoff. Oh, my God. I can't wait till this season's over. And this is something I don't agree with G-Baby at all. He's telling us how dark and exciting is it. This last episode might be, must... I, I just want to see fucking Vinny cut his own wrist. Hopefully he kills Sasha Gray. Maybe it's just a murder-suicide. That's the dark part of it. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, Peter, you're on run fez Yeah, what's up? Uh, love uh, Eastbound and Down. I was reading about it. I guess the new season's going to be set in Mexico. He's going to be playing for some Mexican baseball team. Right. Uh, it's got that guy from uh, Observe and Report, the, the Mexican guy who played the security guard. And... Uh, the only guy that returns this year is Stevie, follows him down there. and so I'm looking forward to it. It should be pretty good. Well, Stevie's the greatest actor in the history of the world. Oh, and I love that guy. I, I would say that right to Robert De Niro. I would say, you know Stevie. <laughs> um, maybe I'll go home and watch four of these. Maybe we'll come back tomorrow and just do fucking spoilers. Just fucking spoil everybody's goddamn September. Good. Make it feel like shit. Cause you like that thing. You like you like to be spoiled with stuff. Yeah. If I'm bored with the movie, I'll just turn it off and go to the Wikipedia and just read what happens at the end. It doesn't um, bother me being spoiled by things. Never bothers you at all. No. Cause I'll still watch it if I do like it. It's like, oh, that sounds like it's gonna look great. So I guess I'll sit through this shit. Sean, you're running Fez. Hey, Fezzy, uh, did those cigars you ordered for Ronnie ever come in? None of that matters. But I will say this, Fez, and I hate to keep dragging you back in this because you're having a quiet day today. Uh-huh. Um, why do I got to find out from listeners that your crazy auction site went under? Because I had gotten a email from one of the guys from the auction site saying that they were going to be back up soon. Well, they put up something different on their site. They, they put up, uh, go to the site right now, and they put up something like, we're down and we're trying to sell this thing. And I thought that would have been something you would like to talk about on the air. I yeah. got to get in a thing where you get back to that thing where you used to go down to sales and connect with people. Because you like being kind of off mic now, right? You like talking with sales? Right, yeah, and, and programming. I and I had talked to sales about this, and I'd even talked to the auction site about it, and it was like what, matter what, of time. What do they have up there right now? Uh, it says no auctions, and um, we've made some slight adjustments to our server in light of some recent complaints about the site not refreshing quickly enough. All right, so it's not gone. They're not trying to sell it. Not according to what I've heard. I'm just telling you what people were writing to me. I'll go to their Facebook page. Apparently, they put it up on their Facebook page. It says this. Sorry about the de uh, delay, but the site has been shut down. We're in the process of selling it, 
and you should see it reopen soon under new management. Everyone who has a PayPal balance will see a refund coming in the next few days. Thanks. Holy shit. These guys stepped into some shit, man. This thing was running for a month, and they could fucking sell it? Um, Watley had it popping. Yeah. Watley had this thing cranking up so big that Billy Staples joined Twitter. How large is that for you? Never thought I'd say that. Um, no, no one ever thought that was going to happen. Uh, let's go over here, John, North Carolina. Buddies. Yeah. Uh, I saw Ben Stiller and uh, De Niro are putting another Falker movies out. Yeah, I think that's coming out in um, Christmas, and I know they had to do reshoots on it. Apparently, it, it wasn't as funny as they wanted, so they had to go back, hire Dustin Hoffman. And reshoot some scenes is the way I uh, read it. Uh, it'll probably still make a shitload of money, but I'm sure it'll be terrible. By the way, did you watch the Emmy Awards last night, Hicks? I, call, I was off and on. I didn't catch much of it. A better name for that would be the Gay Emmy Awards. I can't believe how many gay guys run television now. They're the new Jew. They are the new Jew. And Jews are Presbyterians. That's where we've gotten in this country, where our Jews are uh, basically just like regular people, normal fucking ham and eggers, and the gays are the eccentrics. All right, Jane Lynch made a big win, right? Yeah, I know, but I can't watch her on that glee, but I was happy. I did like a big yelp for her, like, yeah. And she thanked her wife. Very odd. Then I yelled at what? Jane Lynch is a man? I like the way Jane Lynch does it. It's no big deal. Nope, she's got a wife. She don't give a fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Eat your pussy. Married her. All right, that's no one's business. I'm sure it happens, though. Probably happens in every marriage, but we don't sit around and fucking discuss it. Hey, those two women, though. Oh, okay, I see. Well, you know what? That's keeping you from being politically correct, Hicks. That's the problem with you. You will never be 100% politically correct like Fez is. Fez is so politically correct, he wouldn't even say to John Landau what he actually thinks of James Cameron. She'll let him have it. And he still hasn't expressed it, even though Landau's out of the building and getting himself a hot dog on the street. He's eating a dirty water dog right now. Mike in Albany, you're on Fez. Did anybody ever actually get any of the things they were supposed to want, or did they just con Fezzy into winning twice so he'd sell it and make it run? No, Fez, you got your prizes, right? Yep, I got my prizes. I know some other Ron and Fez listeners who won and got their prizes. They checked in with me. I even had a uh, photo of me and my HP notebook that I won posted on 202 Friends on Twitter. You even went that far? Yeah, so everyone could see it right there in my hands. Now, uh, what have you done with that? You, You using it? No, it's it's in the office. I haven't used it yet. Mm. It's just sitting upstairs, still, still the protective plastic on it. I just have to peel off to actually use it. You think about doing it as a giveaway? Yeah, yeah, we could definitely do that. Mm. Wondering how we could do it. What would be the perfect giveaway? What do one of those things go for? This was, I think, about five hundred dollars, four or five hundred dollars. Mm. Interesting. Here's our buddy Richie in Maryland. You're my fest. Uh, hey, Mr. B. It's uh, really great to have you back, sir. It's great to be uh, back. I uh, 
I wanted to say that I watched this like long behind the scenes uh, thing about the making of uh, Eastbound and Down. Uh, you know, with Danny McBride and the other guys that are making it, and they were saying that uh, it took them like three months to shoot the first episode. Uh, just because the amount of writing and it, it was so funny, they had such a hard time getting through it because the story is going to be very, very different. They didn't want to just repeat the same jokes. But I, I'm not more excited for anything else in the world, I don't think, than he's bound down. And- well, I'm going to watch the first four and then give you a review. My problem is, in the time they've been off, I became a uh, big Louis fan. Louis is huge. They can coexist, though. Can they? I don't know if I can have two TV shows. You got TiVo, don't you? <laughs> well, I don't have fucking TiVo anymore. I have that stupid thing that comes with the cable company. DVR, same thing. They, no, DVR blows. Really? It blows dead fucking dogs. TiVo was so great. Jesus. And so, yes. It finds a dead dog that just been recently hit by a car and puts its fucking dead dog mouth in, uh, dick right in its mouth and sucks it. That's what I think of DVR. I hate it. Um, John, Carolina, you're on Fez. Buddy. Yeah, buddy. Hey, Fez, a great giveaway for your laptop. Maybe somebody could give it to a friend in the hospital to keep them busy while they're there. That's harsh. That would have been great, though, if you would have gave me that, Fez. It's something to keep my mind out. You know, I was going through all that pain. I don't know how the Wi-Fi works in a hospital. Perfectly. My room was wired. You know why you don't know that? Why? You never visit it. You're only one of my friends. Was it that you didn't want to see me in pain? I really didn't want to see you in pain, and I thought you didn't want me seeing you in pain. What? How did this get to be my fault? No, it's not your fault. You just said you thought I didn't want it. Whoa. No, that's respecting your privacy. I didn't ask for privacy. I asked for friendship. Begged for it, really. I ended up fucking just spending time playing um, Crazy Eights with a candy striper. And she said to me, um, are your mom and dad coming? And I go, no, they live too far away. Uh, Justin, you're on run What's up, buddies? Uh, give the laptop to Bill Walton. He was in a lot of pain. Fire in the mountain. See you. Actually, I did think of him a little bit when I was in pain. I'm like, I've, I've fucking turned into fucking Bill Walton. Randy, St. Louis, you're on Fez. Yeah, you, Fez was trying to figure out how we'd get rid of the laptop. You guys could sign it and uh, raffle this off, and we could use it for the uh, Ron Needs a New Appendix Fund. I don't ever want another appendix again. Right now, I've ever missed an appendix in the, sh- in the shape of Fez. I took that from that Jewel thing last night where there was a hole in her heart in the shape of you. Some fucking stupid song she had come out and sang about dead fucking TV stars. This Friday is the hypnosis show. Why are you going into plugs when we're all sitting here talking? Just to remind people that they can go to 202friends at twitter.com if they want to be hypnotized. That's this Friday on the show. Or if they want to be part of the studio audience. Uh, Jimmy and Georgia, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I just had an observation and was wondering if you could help me out. Um, when Fez had his heart attack and he was in the hospital, we got to listen to new, fresh shows every day. But when you were in the hospital, it was all reruns. Was Fez in the hospital at the same time with you? 
Well, you didn't, couldn't come over, uh, but you wanted to in your heart, right? Yeah, I definitely thought about it. I kept going back and forth. What'd you come up with? That it would be better if I stayed away. You know why I admire you, Fez? Why's that? Honesty. Very honest gentleman. Give me a pound. And when we do that, let's just yell out, Honest Brothers. Ready? Pound. Honest Brothers. HB, what's up? <laughs> HB Society. Uh, Aaron in Maine, you're on Run Fez. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, um, anyone can get a laptop, but I want one of Fezzy's paintings. You guys brought that up that he's still painting, and it really got no play. It's, a, it's, a, it's a private matter for him. You've never shown anybody your paintings, right? No. And you only watercolor? Yeah. Yeah, I just get a set of watercolors and go from there. See, he'll he'll open up. He'll open up and tell us the honest truth of, about what goes on there. What do you paint? Flowers? Ducks? What are you painting? No, I just basically, uh, I, I try painting things. Not good at it at all. None of my things ever look like the thing that they're supposed to be. So I basically just do like different shapes or color combinations. So you paint colors? Yeah. Isn't paint already a color even before you do anything? Well, I'm like combining the colors. Right, you're mixing. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that it just looks like, all right, someone just put orange on this paper. Uh, Tom, Houston, you're on fest. Ronnie, hey, I got the idea uh, for giving away that laptop. Yeah. Why don't you have the listeners write the best essay to XM on why Eastside Dave should be hired back? Um, well, essay is not exactly great radio. And people uh, actually did uh, do a very good job of writing to uh, XM, or what we should really call it, serious, about how much they wanted Dave. They were respectful for the most part. Well... I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but Rob Cross was printing those things and wiping his ass with them. Holy shit. Yeah, literally. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Renee, you're on run fez Hey, guys. Listen, um, you know, I, li- I love listening to you every day, listening to Opie and Anthony, and I, I kind of get the feeling that Opie and Anthony probably get paid about the same amount of money, but there's just no fucking way that Fez is making the same amount of money as you, Ronnie. I, I can't believe that... The, the lack of the work ethic, the sitting over there. No, 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 no. Let me, get, let me straighten you out for a second. Fez Watley is a legend in the radio business. A legend. And I'll give you that he's had, I'm going to say the last seven hasn't gone the way that he's wanted it to. But Friday's show, when hypnotized, he's bringing the magic. You're going to hear magic. On Friday. Now, Tommy Jonigan is here. Well, well, well. Mr. Letterman Show wants to come on into the Ron and Fest Show. He's graced us with his presence. Whoa, I love it. Uh, here he is, the second to the last uh, comic standing. How you doing, buddy? Congratulations, too. Tommy Jonigan uh, in-house with us. You're runner-up for Last Comic Standing, and now doing Letterman for your third time tonight? Yes, it's the third one. That's gigantic. It's the the uh, first one after the uh, they said I was a regular, so this is the first one I can really screw it up on. 
So now you're a regular? I yeah, you you can do it once a year as a regular and uh, once, a once a year for and the last they, three they years. they've got you like on some kind of a now it's Tommy's time. No, no, not like that. Like, but just like kind of like we can you you know we'll have you back every year as long as you keep producing the material type stuff. Who are who are the other regulars? Do you know? Uh, there's not a ton of them. Regan, Jake Johansson. Still, Regan still does it every year because I haven't seen yeah. him on there that often. I think he did it this year in like January. And uh, he's actually done it twice a couple of years, like last year maybe. Mm. Jake Johansson's up to like 35, 37 times. Now, I noticed this with uh, Regan. Uh, he has the thing, but it still doesn't feel like he has that bond with Letterman yet. <laughs> Letterman is not the most comfortable guy to sit next to. You still got to do material, right? Yeah, well, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know that many people that sit down on the couch and, you know, comics-wise, he doesn't bring people over. Well, he doesn't bring, just his old buddies, the guys he grew up with. Yeah, yeah, those old, old. Uh, yeah, he loves to have them 30-year vets. Yeah. Well, they'll say stuff like, remember back at the comedy store, <laughs> and we all used to go out and eat eggs. How much has your life changed since last Comic Standing? Uh, you know, I make a little more money. Well, that tour starts up, and the tour is starting mm -hmm. uh, in two weeks, but kind of on my own. It, you know, people recognize me a little now, more. Now and you're then, a little uh, more recognizable. Make a little more money, and uh, got a little, you know, got a lot more people that like me, and a lot more people that just hate me. Some people hate you for what you did? Yes, yeah, some people. Some people, uh... You know, uh, there's. I've looked around the internet. I got a Google alert on my phone. Okay. You know what I mean? I had to. I'm, I don't even know how to take it off, but uh, I'll get a Google alert. It'll pop up with a Google alert, right? Mm -hmm. And I open it. It says Tommy Jonigan's cocky and annoying and sucks. And I'm like, mm. to my phone? This comes <laughs> to my own phone. I don't have a block for this. <laughs> Some guy said, uh, it's so funny to read them because uh, this one guy was like. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I I think Tommy could be a good salesman. I, you know, I think if I, like, he literally was like, if I could just set him down and tell him, I think he could be a good salesman. But comedy, no, he cannot do that. Even though you really can't, at the point of your career, you, are, you can't have done more things than you've already done. I mean, like you said, you had this show all year, Letterman's people accept you, uh, yeah, but been, that's yeah. not enough for the, it's not enough for the general public. No, 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 no. The, uh. You know, and then the guy that won, for some reason, his fans, mm. I, I saw that he did a, a, a radio show that I do, and then I guess they said that he shouldn't have won, that I should have won. What show was that? This is the Bob and Tom show. All right, so you did, the, so they, he goes on Bob and Tom, yeah. and then and they, they say to him. have him on for like a minute. Yeah. And then he hangs up. Apparently, I, don't, I didn't hear it. Somebody just texted me, and they were like, well, when he hung up, they said, you should have won, and they said that he wasn't that funny. So then his page, he's posted that he was like, oh, Bob and Tom said I shouldn't have won. I did win, which is true. Like, he did mm -hmm. win, and then uh, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be good for me. Right. These guys are going to come out. <laughs> so then his fans kind of, like, really decided to take it upon themselves. I just wanted to be like, yeah, let's reiterate. He did win. You don't <laughs> right. have to We don't and, have to fight me on this. And Bob and Tom said this, not me. Yeah. you got to get that out there, that if these uh, Mexican kids have a big problem with somebody, <laughs> it's Bob and Tom. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I'm sitting at home yeah. missing out on 3.1 million pesos. Storm, storm, Bob and Tom's gates. Yeah. Uh, leave you alone. Now you were. And I've been friends with them for years, so of course they'd say that. But but here's what uh, I like about it too, though, is like there is no such thing of like when you have fans, they will also say the stupidest shit to other people. Yeah. Like you can't even blame <laughs> that on that kid. You no, know don't I mean? blame my. Fa and then my thing too. <laughs> 
I didn't delete any of them, but uh, I got a hefty amount of racist fans, apparently. <laughs> so they, it's too much work to delete them. Right. But. Congratulations. They, they tied in the fact that you didn't win the show with the uh, Arizona problems. Yeah, man, it's became, it became a thing. And then, you know, I, I didn't have anything to do with that. And I'm cool with the Felipe guy, and I'm sure he's cool with me. But uh, Well, you weren't that night. That <laughs> night you wanted him dead. I hated it. <laughs> the, uh, now, I, I, first of all, I thought you went further than you know, I expected, because who knows what the American public are going to yeah. do. And you are not gimmicky. You don't have a catchphrase or... You don't wear any funny hats or anything. Not so. yet. No, but let's no, that's hope. the catchphrase. Oh, not yet. Yeah, hmm. it doesn't really fit in anywhere. No. Just when people say you don't have a catchphrase, <laughs> they yell it out. So you're hoping to get that as a catchphrase, but I mean, so it's hard to grab the public. So to take it as now, he was perfect yeah. for TV because he's got the stereotype thing, and I thought the black kid was the same way. I thought he's the type of guy that people can embrace quickly. Yeah, you know. I, you know, at points I thought I would, you know, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to win this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at other points, it's the same thing. It's like I don't have, you know, it's like uh, I don't I don't see a bunch of people like, well, let's get behind the white guy. Right. So finally something good can happen to these people. Now, now did you know that you were cocky before you started hearing it from no, Google dude. Alerts? It came up a lot, though. <laughs> and it's a thing, too. It's amazing how much those judges... Uh, you would think every because the judges it was so quick they would say something they would talk right. for like twenty seconds, but every time one of them would say something whether it were nice or not and it was normally all nice mm -hmm. like people would latch onto a word that they said and then run you know that was the thing on the internet like they caught they thought of it and cocky like Andy Kindler said he was like you're cocky but in a good way like I like the way you're cocky right. and then from then on and then I guess that spawned to annoying I don't know one guy said uh, <laughs> one guy my favorite was like. Uh, the name Tommy Jonigan annoys me so much, I can't even listen to him. And I was like, well, I don't have any control over that. And then somebody responded to that. Tommy Jonigan himself annoys me more than his name could. It's fun to read those things. Though. It is. And you uh, are going through what normally people who find themselves on a reality TV show go through. Yeah. Where everybody in America is becoming an expert now. Everybody yeah. in America is just fucking brilliant in their houses. <laughs> And their little laptops, they're just, they know how to run every single business. It's amazing what happens, though. It's what happened is, I didn't even know, like, I expected, you know, you, you have, like, a guy and you vote for that guy. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened, like, because you had ten votes on the show. And people were treating it, you know, like they were, like they were kind of like, it was Congress or something, where, like, somebody mm -hmm. would be like, I, I saw a thing where someone was like, uh, I decided Tommy Jonigan deserved four <laughs> votes this week. And so-and-so was three. And then I get, and then he's like, and so and so zero votes. And then I was like, here you that. And then somebody else was like, uh, they listed all the comics, and literally beside it, it was like, not funny, not funny, not funny, not funny, not funny, not funny. <laughs> maybe a little so so funny. And I was like, well, you, you're watching the wrong show. Obviously, you should just change the channel. This is not good for you. Well, when I was watching you on the show, and this is last comic standing, we're talking about the show that Rich Voss made famous and made his career. Um. But the difference between when you did it and Voss did it is that you could sit there with the Twitter thing up and watch people oh, yeah. comment constantly as the show. And people would just write stuff like, <laughs> not laughing, <laughs> finally a giggle. You know, it just happens immediately now. It's Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a thing of, 
It's it's always it's back to the thing when people complain about anything. Mm-hmm. It, no one's making you watch it, man. You know what right. I mean? It's like, there's no so many other channels. There's a lot of other things going on right now. <laughs> so you didn't expect the show to take off this much. I mean, when you went and tried out for it. Um, uh, you know what? I try to go in with like a positive attitude, everything of like, you know what? I'm going to go do this. And if, if I don't feel like I can win it, I'm not going to do it type thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I did the exact, like I said before, I did the exact amount. I did the most amount of stand-up you could do on the show. Right. And... Uh, you know, it was obviously with NBC. You know, you, I, and I'm not a filthy act, but you, you, you know, you, they there's some things you can't, you, they won't let you do. And then, plus, it was the sets were like two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Well, you couldn't do your best bit, which is "fuck my cock," and that <laughs> is brilliant. Everybody loves that. But uh, now you go out on the tour, and instead of just seeing people who like comedy for the first time, you yeah, now it's going to be people who like that show. It's be that's a, the problem. Really different. Is uh, I hope everyone that goes is you know because I'm not. I think the thing is we we've been kind of cooped up on the show, try, getting jokes approved by lawyers right for months now, and even myself who's not like I've actually kind of like been just like I got to do whatever anything I think is is doable right now, and uh, I hope to build a lot of fans off the tour, but I, I have a feeling that there's going to be some. Maybe people leave. I don't know what's going to happen. These people—it's people that are like watching reality TV, and then you come into their house, and you got like guys like that Mike DiStefano, who's very funny, but yeah. like can be aggressive without. You know, people. I think people are going to be like, "Oh, this is not. This is not what NBC." Oh, so you're saying that people might see Mike's regular act, or mine be, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and be think like, it's too oh, much. I thought I was bringing my children here. Yeah, yeah. This is. I can't imagine. I, I, I wouldn't want to ever do an all ages show. And I, this is not what that's supposed to be. And I think hopefully people realize that when they book a ticket. But that, that's the weird thing about Regan. That's the way he works His now. is an all-ages show. It's an all-ages show. And even when we did the Unmasked with him, people brought their children. Yeah. And they're like... Um, that's the best way to make money. Uh, it Everybody is. Everybody can go. Yeah, I guess it is. But who would think to take their kids to a fucking stand-up show? I don't even... I was doing a college a couple days ago and there's like in the second row there's like this woman with her kid on her lap and uh it's like i don't even know you know now i gotta look at this kid every you know just play to him (laughs) when i have this uh new hands-free masturbation joke (laughs) oh this is johnny put the hands (laughs) over his ears uh here's chris in philly go ahead buddy say hi to tommy john again hey doing uh ronnie b glad to hear you're back tommy i um was watching the whole uh, season of the last comic stand and I noticed almost from the beginning of the, of the season, you kind of had this really intelligent act. Um, and then it almost felt like you had to change it a little to, I guess, uh, meet with the, the end of the season. Do you feel like uh, you change? I guess, I guess my question is, do you feel like you had to like mold your act? Um, so w- what content? did you see taking place, Chris? Did he start finger painting by the end of it or <laughs> what was happening? I just felt like his uh, in the beginning of the season he just had these his great long uh, act that was involved in uh, it, uh, not to say dumb it down a little bit for the end of the season but it almost felt like uh, he had the mold to the rest of the comics. Is, uh, I'm gonna let Tommy answer that. I guess maybe I was just running out of material. Yeah. No, I'm... I think it, it was. It's literally you got two and a half minutes, and uh, you know in the beginning you're using your strongest stuff. Right. As it's getting weaker as it goes along. 
I mean, by the end of it, I think, you know, you probably burned through if you take into like this. This was like four minutes long and I, I whittled it down to two minutes. Mm -hmm. I think you probably touched on like 40 minutes worth of stuff. And I wasn't out, but it was the thing of like I used the best in the beginning. I wasn't right. saving anything. Yeah, there was, it would be crazy to act like, oh, I want to keep this for later because yeah. you didn't know when you could be voted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I, – it's so, it so weird like these – like it was – like in the beginning it was long and that right there. The whole show, at most it was three minutes, the right. longest set. Man, when you did that, uh, that three minute and then you did the two and a half minute one, I just thought you, you really <laughs> lost it. So people were paying that close attention though, you're finding out. Yeah, there's a like, lot of... And uh, they know everything that everybody did. Yeah. There's How many a, people on the tour? Five. Five of you on the tour, the last five. Who yeah, we're just guys? doing like 20 minutes apiece. Yeah, who are the guys? Uh, Mike Kaplan, Mike DiStefano, Roy Wood, Junior, myself, and Felipe Esparza. So Felipe closes because he... We're going to make him. Yeah, make him. Yeah. Follow, Follow all this. <laughs> Follow smoke, motherfucker. You're the big winner. Yeah, you're the winner. Uh, so you're going to do 20 minutes apiece. Yeah. 65 cities or something. And playing about what size uh, places? Uh, We're here in New York at the Nokia. I think most of them are about around. About 2,000 seats, 2,500? I average about 1,500, 1,400. All right. So that's we hope to pack three, 400 people into these theaters. That'll be really great yeah. if you get, start to play that. This, 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 it may be a little overzealous with this tour booking. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I'd rather had, be torn on my count, own. Yeah, had they ever done this before? They've done it before, yeah. And then the last season they did it... Uh, I just, you know, I just don't know um, how well it's sold ticket-wise. Right, but for you, you probably could go out and make more money doing your own things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you would like to. Uh, yeah. Now, is there a way to book things in and out of the? I'd rather just tour go nights? tour my, just write somebody a check for seven hundred bucks a week and then tour on my own. <laughs> That's what you're taking away from me. It's probably more actually. I'd rather do my own nights. Yeah. Yeah, it would be much better. And would... I'd rather do an hour, man. Twenty minutes. 20 minutes, but then you get to sit around with the other guys. Or are you on a bus or something? Yeah, we have a tour bus. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's a tour bus. I, you know, my thing, my whole thing in the beginning was like, I don't like, I don't like, a, I don't have a boss. I don't have anybody. Right. Nobody tells me when to shower. Nobody books. These people, they're booking your flights for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll get, I'll get a flight. It'll be like, oh, you, you fly out at 640. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. I just missed a flight at 640. And I didn't even didn't lose sleep about it. You are cocky. You have a bad attitude. Now, he's gonna, it's going to be fucking showing up drunk at these shows. Um, let's go over here to uh, KP. You're on my face. Hey, Tommy. Yeah. Do you have any kids? No. See, that's a big, uh, it's like a big joke. You're supposed to say I'm working on it. It's like oh. A big joke going around with the kids right now. I forgot about it. Um, we got to take a break here. Can you hang out with us yeah, today? Yeah, You doing Letterman tonight? Yeah, yeah, I don't have to be there until 5. And this is a whole new set for you tonight? Well, it's you know it's only three weeks since the taping of Last mm. Comic, so this, that, this set was approved before that set, before the whole show. So I got, you know, it'll be stuff from Last Comic. So you give them a nice part. CBS version for it, though. Yeah, but I like this. I like this better than, this is better than what I was doing on Last I feel better about this than that Last Comic stuff. It's, you know, you get more time. They don't have the threat of cutting the mic off. That's what Last Comic does. They, if they you go, actually cut the mic on you yeah, like, like it's go, the fucking Emmy Awards? If you go over five seconds, we cut the mic. The show, it's almost like when you get there and as one of the, the stand-ups on the show, it's almost like the show is about you, but it could do without you. They don't mm -hmm. care about it that much. You know what I mean? The, they cut the mic on somebody? Really? Yeah, that's, fucking, that? that's horrifying. Uh, who's doing Letterman tonight? Who else is on the show? Will Arnett. Oh, and then I think some nice. chick band or some chick or something. 
Will Arnett. I can't beat that. It's a funny guy, right? Yeah, he's great. And he was just, I, wasn't he uh, with his chick last night? Wasn't he at the Emmys? Yeah. I think he was sitting there with his, uh, with his wife at the Emmys last night. Oh, yeah, this doesn't air till Thursday. Oh, is that right? Yeah, this one's Thursday. I just forgot to remember that. I can't wait till Thursday, then. <laughs> Will Arnett's show. All right, I'm going to break here, and we're going to come back. Yeah, I'll be Tommy here. Tommy Jonigan uh, sitting in with us. Um, I'm going to join hands with Bob and Tom in a radio solidarity and say, Tommy should have won this. And if you don't like what I have to say, go ahead and Twitter to Tommy and call him a racist. At Tommy Jonigan. Yeah. Uh, take a break. Right back after the jump. Ron and Fez. Ron Bennington. Fez Wadley. The Ron and Fez Show. Series 197 XM202. Virus. It's Identity Guard from IdentityGuard.com. There are predators out there. They want your stuff. They want your money. They want your cash. And they'll do anything to get it. They'll steal social security numbers, credit card numbers. You've been doing any online shopping, any online banking. You are vulnerable. Go to IdentityGuard.com. They'll do what they did for me. Set you up in about 15 minutes time. And then you got the peace of mind knowing that you're covered with IdentityGuard.com. You're going to get email alerts if there's anything going on with your financial information online if there's something that they see looks a little bit fishy they're gonna let you know about it and if something does go wrong identity guard has the one million dollar loss reimbursement insurance that's gonna help make things right you're covered up to a million dollars if identity thieves do get to your stuff it's identityguard.com join today and get your credit score as part of the service you get a credit score from identityguard.com do something real to protect yourself Get Identity Guard total protection. Go to IdentityGuard.com. Your identity is counting on you. Get ready, kids. Live from an abandoned tool shed behind a local elementary school. It's time for Uncle Fezzi's Pants Puppet. Hi, kids, and welcome to Uncle Fezzi's Pants Puppet. I love the Pants Puppet. You do? Well, what's your name, little boy? My name is Johnny, and I want to see the Pants Puppet. Well, Johnny, today I'm going to tell a story, and the Pants Puppet is going to help me. Got it, because the Pants Puppet is my favorite. Today I'm going to tell you the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, and the Pants Puppet is going to play the part of the Beanstalk. Now, let's see. Who wants to be Jack? I do. I do. I want to be Jack. Anyone? I do. Look at me. It's Johnny. I want to be Jack. Okay, then, Johnny. Here comes the beanstalk. <laughs> Look! The pants popping is a beanstalk. It sure is, Johnny. Uh-oh. What's happening now? The pants popping beanstalk is growing. It sure is. Now, remember, Johnny, you're Jack. So what do you have to do? I I have to climb the beanstalk. That's right, Johnny. Yeah. Grab it, start climbing. I'm climbing it. I'm climbing the beanstalk. I'm climbing it. You do it. You get on it. I'm oh, yeah. climbing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. got slippery. Uh-huh. Just keep climbing, it's Johnny. It's a keep slippery beanstalk. Up and down. Climb up and down. Oh, no. Uh. Sap came out of the beanstalk. Uh, sorry, kids, but you know that sound means it's time to go. And I mean fast. The pants 
Puppet Beanstalk is wilting! Keep it moving, Johnny. Everyone out the back way. Let's go, kids. Out! But I forgot my jacket! Screw it, kids. The show's over. But join us next time when the Pants Puppet will act out the movie Anaconda. Bye-bye, kids. And remember, it's our secret. The Ron and Fez Show. Virus on Sirius XM. I will fear no evil. No le tendré miedo al peligro. Because I'm walking with Jesus. Porque camino con Jesús. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I shout with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I spoke with Jesus. We spoke on the devil. We spoke on the devil. Ryan Fett Show. We do, in fact, uh, walk with Jesus. Like Glenn Beck does. Tommy and I were just talking. You saw the Get Low, the Robert Duvall movie. Yeah, loving it in a big way. I love huge. I can't. I can't think of a better movie I've seen lately. I don't know if there. I, I think he's our best living actor now. Yeah. And if you start to put together a list of his best roles, it it would be tough to put anybody else's list of ten up against him. Yeah. Even I mean, De Niro's, Jack Nicholson's, doesn't matter who. Make it three D. It's the only way to make it better. 3D is Get the way. Get low in 3D. Yeah, I'm working on this right now with John Landau. We're trying to come up with 3D radio, where it just sounds like 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 you're in a bowling alley. I want to do stuff where it sounds like it's a bowling alley at all times. Um, Hicks, uh, hold on, I get a text. Uh, but Hicks, our new intern from Texas, what's his name? Rusty. Uh, love him. Just met him in the hall. And he's just having the time of his life. He's very eager. He's eager, and he's from what part of Texas? Crawford. All right, Crawford, Texas, much like Bush? Yep, Bush's town. All right, tell him his nickname might be W. But he was very excited about seeing John Landau and Jessica Alba. Oh, yeah, he was freaking out over Alba. Yeah. He's loving it. Where's Alba? Uh, she was in here earlier. She was on the gay station. Uh, she came over to me. That's the, only way, that's the only place she can go without getting raped. Well, I don't know if a rape. I don't know. See, Fezzi, you were always saying, can you write a rape joke? There uh-huh. you have it right there. Right there. He's, yeah, a, good one, he's able to write it. But she actually came over to me, and she goes like this. She goes, honestly, have you ever seen an ass this nice? And I go, you know what? I'm not going to get in this fucking conversation with you, Jessica Alba. And she goes, seriously. She goes, I go in the pool. I can't even swim underwater. I go down, but my ass just keeps bobbing out. Yeah. Like I a bobber. Imagine. Uh, what was she promoting? Do you know? I believe Machete. Oh, jeez. Does she call herself that. a rich man's Jessica Biel? Um, I don't know because I don't speak Spanish. I think she was speaking Spanish the whole time because she's got Machete coming out. Um, somebody told me they saw Machete and they didn't like it too much. Yeah, I think it was G-Baby's buddy or Jermaine's uh, buddy. It was like, it's too long. That's right. His name is Jermaine. Shit, it works. Is it supposed to suck? That's the I don't understand it. Well, all Robert Rodriguez's movies are supposed to suck. <laughs> Somebody um, hasn't seen Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever. <laughs> I actually saw that in 3D. I I went to that just to see the 3D movie. I took some kids and it was a fucking it got so bad I actually took my 3D glasses and turned them around so it would uh, appear only 1D. I could if you do that, you just read a script. But um you really don't know who's going to go through here, but I'm telling you right now, as much as I've hated the interns, and he, I think his name is Rustin, not Rusty. I thought he said, oh, it is Rustin. I apologize. Yeah, no one wants to go by Rusty. He's a full fucking grown man. Oh, okay, I like Rusty. Um, yeah. 
send them in to us because I really like the kid. I like him a lot. And after I went through with the last cynical, fucked up I know. Northeast, I, come on in, Rustin. Grab yourself uh, a microphone. You are from Crawford, Texas, much yeah. like W? Yeah, exactly. I, was, I actually went to kindergarten. The uh, press corps would camp out in our gym whenever he was in town. Yeah. Now, um, wow, how long ago were you in kindergarten? Just like eight years ago? <laughs> I was born in 91. So was this when he owned the Rangers? <laughs> Uh, no, it was right after that. He moved, like, right when he was... Yeah, if you were born in 91, we should nickname you Nevermind, because <laughs> you're basically um, a Nirvana album. You were born in 91? Yep. Now... What is that? How old? What is that? Were you 19? 19. Yeah, He's yeah. 19 years young. I can bang a chick born in 92? Oh, yeah, yeah, you could. I can bang broads in the 90s Well, now? I don't know if you yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can get. I know your career's going well, but I don't know whether you can yeah, or not. You did get second place. You didn't win uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, oh, came and turned into a roast. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kid, Rustin. Wow, Rustin, he's going to end up uh, getting shot in the foot. <laughs> How did you end up in New York City, Rustin? Uh, well, I always wanted to live in the city and work on the Ron and Fed show, so I just found a school and got in, and then made this happen. Dude, I fucking love this kid. <laughs> he's nice. So you're just here for a semester. Uh, yeah. Where are you living in the city? Uh, I'm actually living in Queens, Astoria, actually. Like Hicks? Yeah, absolutely. He's the one who gave me the idea. It's A-Town. Yeah, right. that's right. Throw it up. I He's throwing <laughs> it up. I adore this fucking kid. <laughs> I want him to just have the best internship ever. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, what do you do for fun in the last picture show? <laughs> what do you do there? Uh, there's really not much to do for fun. I moved to Austin, you know, as soon as I got out of high school, so. All right, so Austin's is, is a poppin' town. Though, yeah, that's right? the place to be. You yeah. guys should move the Ron and Fez show. You mention it all the time. We were, t- we're talking about moving, and I was actually just sitting here talking to Tommy. Yeah. Uh, he loves Austin as yeah. well. Maybe city. my second favorite city. Third what's favorite your, city. What's your first, St. Louis? I got to rank them. Crawford. <laughs> Crawford? <laughs> no, I love Give Denver. I love Denver. Denver. I love Denver. I love Austin, and then New York and Chicago when it's warm. Yeah. But you I don't rank, like Chicago this, when This is what cold. happens when you travel and you spend hours alone. You rank cities. <laughs> That's what happens to my life. You just end up writing it down on a cocktail napkin. Yeah, I have a thing of like, I'll just winter in Austin and then uh, spend my summer. And while I'm in this hotel in Omaha, this is what I'm doing. You know what? I actually used to do that in school because I'd be so bored in school. I'd go, oh, let's give the top ten chicks of uh, girls I'd fuck here in the ninth grade. <laughs> and I would actually do it in my head. They would move up like it was. I was counting down the hits. Surprisingly. Uh, find yourself at number three this week after showing some side tit. <laughs> uh, and I would do that instead of, you know, homework. I'd see other people working on tests. I had no time for it. But you you move around all over the place. Yeah, I'm everywhere. I, you know, and, I think I do about 46 weeks a year for the last. That's an average. I, yeah. I've done 51 just on the road. And at any time you hit the wall and you're just like, I'm so depressed. I can't stand my life anymore. Uh, I had a rough time after the breakup. I had a bad breakup a year ago ish, and then um, you were supposed that you were engaged, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were gonna get uh, gonna do the marriage thing. It's for the best. What, what happened? Though? Whose idea was it? Yours or hers? Um, you know, we just kind of it was great, and then it just wasn't as great. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I I think we need to work on getting happy again. And then she said, I don't think we can. Wow. Which is kind of not. And then she gave you know tossed me the ring back. <laughs> she handed it to me. It was the, the worst. It was one of those things where like this really you know it's like an emotional breakup. And then I was like, so what happens to the ring now? It's like a really expensive ring. And then she goes, oh, yeah, here. And then she just handed it to me like I, like I was just letting her see it. You know what I mean? She, it was like very unemotional way when she handed it back to me. But uh, that got over. And then the only time it gets bad is when 
normally I'll be gone. Like if I'm gone four weeks in a row, I'll still have like, a th you know, three days mm -hmm. at my house, and then I'm back. So like four weeks in a row isn't seven days. That's when it gets weird. Is when you're on the road long enough that you have to do your laundry <laughs> in a random city. Right. And it's just the saddest. That's when you get, get you're like, I gotta not do this. You're making money. Send it out. Yeah, I don't, mean, like, don't sit there and watch that's it. That's the spin. worst part about it is I would send it out, but I go to these. I don't trust people to do my laundry. I don't trust to send it out. That's mm -hmm. how I don't do it. I do it at home, but and when I go somewhere else, I'm like, what are these? What do these idiots know what they're doing with laundry? Uh, Rustin just enjoying the hell out of this story. Hell just yeah. having a great time with it. Yeah, it's By the way, what kind of name is Rustin? You have no idea. I've never gotten the full story out of my mom. Uh, I'm assuming it has something to do with drugs because that's probably the only reason she wouldn't tell me. And Rustin, I don't get it. Do, do your friends call you Rusty like Hicks tried to? No. I, if they do, I say, fuck you. It's Rustin. I'm a full-grown man. All right. Uh, you know what? Yeah. You don't need to work blue. You're oh, too sharp and fresh-faced <laughs> for that. It's too good. Follow Tommy's thing. Yeah. He could work blue, but is that going to get him on Letterman? No. no. You don't want Brian yeah. Regan. Exactly. Um... Sean in Georgia, you're a manifest. Hey, Rustin, you, you seem to have a personality, and Ronnie's talking good about you. I'd, uh, the next few days, I'd be careful of any bearded redheads you see walking towards you. <laughs> um, Rustin's fresh-faced. <laughs> Is this his first here? day or something? Yeah, it's his first day. I, mean, I just oh. met him in the hall, and he was all just excited about you know the people that he's seen in the building here so far. I walked upstairs and Jessica Alba is sitting in a room right across from me. That's fucking nuts. It's incredible. I don't, I can, I don't know if I can handle that. See, yeah, but did. see, I like that attitude. I don't need these New York kids acting like, you see that bitch? She didn't look <laughs> nearly. I want somebody happy exactly. that they're working here in radio. I can't wait to see Machete. You know, they filmed some of that in Austin. I was trying to get down to be an extra. They, Robert De Niro was doing a speech at the Capitol. Drove around for like two hours trying to fucking find it. You would sit, and again, you don't need to work blue. I'm sorry. You would be a perfect extra. You really. I think so. You look like every man. <laughs> um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Steve, Illinois, you're on run fez Hey, buddies. I was uh, calling to tell Tommy that uh, Ryan Bingham is also on the Dave show tonight, and he, too, was on the Ron and Fez show a few weeks back. Well, so yours is, uh, you're not doing the Monday night show, though. No. So what? Wait, he, Ryan Bingham's on it, though? Yeah. I would like to just go see that. Maybe um, get there early. He came in here, did a couple songs. He's unfucking believable. Did he do the 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 weary kind? No, I, I wouldn't make him do that. I made him. I had him do his new stuff, but it's fucking great. Is the good, new stuff good? It's unbelievable. That Seriously, guy. that guy. Yeah, and I, isn't he a Texan too? Yeah. Is he like you? Yeah, he hadn't made a bad album either. He's he's incredible. Yeah, he plays in Austin all the time. He's really really good. No, you don't get in any of the bars, there, do you, Rusty? Well, you know, if you know people, you can get in. Uh, but no, yeah, most of the time you can't. Hicks, but you look, I mean, you're, you said you're 19? Yes, sir. And you, you look half that age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get he that looks a like a He looks like a guy that a congressman would set his daughter up with. <laughs> that would be nice. I was going to buy you some cigars, but then like, when some to me, they said the same thing. So. They were, you're not old enough to buy a cigar? No, I am, but then they said I look 14, so you know, if you don't have an ID, you can't buy them right then. You're yeah. up here all by yourself? Yes. With no ID? Yeah. No, I've got a driver's license. So you came to New York by yourself yeah. just to do an internship. Hicks, do me a favor. Take this kid on your on his wedding. <laughs> I'll get him all fucked up. So, sure. No, not that. What? I want him to, you know what I mean? I don't want you to turn him out. No, we're doing I want a big in kid, Astoria. I want him to have a, a, a terrific semester. He'll have a great fall. Don't worry. <laughs> you going to go to a Letterman me. taping? 
would love to. Love to go see. You want to go this one today? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Wow, you want to do that for him? Love yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Experience uh, New York. Uh, Tommy Jonikin's, you know, a dream is to be stand-up comic and last comic standing. It's that's. He's a someone to definitely look up to. It's fucking so you, a dream. Why don't you yeah. take him there as like your uh, dresser, and then it'll be his job to make sure. Oh, he'll be in the audience. We won't have any contact. But. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna, backstage I'm with with you. The Here's your jacket. Button the vest. I go get your coffee and donuts. You know, that's my end with Letterman. That's really the goal. I just want to get internship here. Try to parlay that into a Letterman internship. Actually, I had intern. a guy that used to be my producer did. Uh, Letterman, um, we can check on that for you. But you would be good. You would be good over there on Letterman, because he likes them young. <laughs> yeah. I'm not supposed. I shouldn't bring that up because uh, nothing sticks to that man. Nothing sticks. Who to Who could have all. handled it better? Nobody. What would Jay Leno have done? What would Jay Leno have done? Well, killed for, her. He probably killed her. Uh, yeah, Jay would Just have quietly. By the way, did you see Conan last night showing up, hoping to give a speech, and then did not win his award? They gave it to John Stewart again. Thank God. I felt bad for him. No, I, I don't. You, you, you're an anti-Conan guy. Yeah, well, it sucks. Coco. I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where like it. I, there's no reason I should be saying I don't. I just don't like him. I've never. I don't think he's a good talk show host. You just well, he. What is it you don't like about him? His interviews are awful. Yeah. Well, he tends to talk about himself in the interview. A lot. I've never seen any. He stands up and he looks at the and uh, an interview is supposed to be kind of. Uh, Informative and it's almost supposed mm. to be like a conversation between two people. Well, you know, I don't even know what I would do if I'm talking to somebody who just stood up and did something <laughs> kooky. After I'm like, I'm fine. I'm out of here. I'm gone. This is not happening anymore. Well, he'll have like uh, Tom Cruise on. He'll be like, uh, so Tom, you had to do your own stunts, and Tom would be like, and he goes, imagine if I had to do my own stunts. I'd be yeah. like, ah! <laughs> and you know, like, every fucking yeah. guest, he goes, can you imagine if I had to do that? It's the worst. He should sit in the, they should sit behind the desk and then he should sit in the chair, because that's what it ends up. But it's so funny, he's tall and has red hair. Alright, I get that. I, that. That's something that's good. But the thing is, I feel so horrible for him because he has $40 million now. His um, sketches are funny, though. Like yeah. this, He has funny writers. Well, here's the weird thing uh, for you to know. I mean, basically, he's been a even though he didn't start as a stand-up, he's basically doing stand-up on his show every night for 17 years. But then when he takes that show out on the road, they just do song parodies. They did. Oh, I didn't know. Did you see yeah, it? Well, I've seen clips on TV, and they're releasing two albums off of it, and it'll just be like these really long song parodies. And I, I, I just have this thing that guys who do the song parody things and... They just really want to be rock stars. And yeah, like, and a song parody is the easiest. You know what I mean? Well, no song parody should last more than six seconds. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, I get it. You know, black man running with my TV set. That's fine. I don't need any more than that joke. You don't need to do it for three and a half minutes. They did the full song parody version of Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, this is a 12-minute parody. Well, I just saw Adam Sandler do a song parody of The Who before he brought The Who out. And it lasted for three and a half minutes. And he put the two deaths in there and how much we miss Keith Moon and all. It's playing on VH1 Classic right now. Once again, we're saluting The Who, which is about the 90th fucking time that I've seen people act like we need to salute The Who. They deserve it. I guess they do. Um, they did play awful loud. <laughs> Jimmy um, Fallon's parody last night of Born to Run, he just replaced Emmy, uh, Wendy with Emmy. 
That was, it was the, the identical lyric. thing. Well, I don't even think yeah, that wasn't a parody. That was Glee. They, they. <laughs> that's a, a, exactly what they do on the show Glee, where they they'll do a whole pop song and it'll run seven minutes, and um, that's how he started to show off. And then we were supposed to laugh that other stars were joining in. Um, let's go over here to uh, Ray. Ray, you're on Running Fest. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to phone and say hello. I wasn't sure I'd get through, but I called 866-RON-ZERO-RUSTIN, uh, and uh, here I am. <laughs> Rustin does seem to be the fresh-faced future. You feel? <laughs> you hearing any footsteps, Fez? Yeah, I'm hearing footsteps all the way from Crawford, Texas, <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Ha from New Mexico. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, Fez. Hey, Rustin. Um uh, Great show today, Rustin. You got a great personality, man. I think Fez better watch out or else he's going to end up at the gay show next door. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And, and that's where Jessica Alba was. Yeah, actually, this morning I wouldn't have mind, you know, going over there. And did you did you try to talk to her at all? No, the lady, the intern lady. I was going to take a picture, but then apparently that's rude, so uh, so we didn't do it. I like so that you. Stared. I like that you're from Texas, and you can just call someone the intern lady. Well, and that makes sense to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was. She wasn't the friendliest, so she doesn't get a you know the Mrs. Intern Lady. Hex, who's who's Intern Lady? Suzette is her name. And she was like in charge of Rustin. Yeah, she's like the head person in charge of the intern. And she had to tell him you're not supposed to have pictures taken with. Yeah, she likes to follow rules and whatnot. It's right. very, yeah. very annoying. Is she still here? I don't. I don't got anybody the boss of me. I'll wander around this place with a camera. <laughs> I'll make it uncomfortable for Jessica. <laughs> Answers that. Uh, I know you'd be more than willing to. Well, first you're gonna have to go down and make a security badge. So that's. Did first. you get your security badge? Well, I didn't get a security badge. That's only on Tuesdays uh, between one and two. So mm-hmm. there's a real wide open schedule for that. But I did get a cool, serious ID, which. Uh, now you're living in. Now do you have your own apartment? Are you renting a room from somebody? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm renting a room in a, another guy's apartment. That. Uh, now, had you ever met this guy before? I came up like two weeks before uh, before we moved in and met like five different guys, and he was the one least likely to kill me, I guess. So that was the one we picked. This kid has gone through so much to do a fucking internship. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, running a room in a store, that sounds fucked up. That's I where you live. There. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you run him a room and make a little money for yourself? It apply. I don't know what's fucking what kind of cash you What kind of cash you paying him? Uh, I'm paying him 700 bucks a month for a room. I'd be, I'd be making money. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't, you don't get off your couch anyway. You get your own bathroom over there? No, I share a bathroom. But that, that 700. 700 was so low. We looked at a place in the city up on the Upper West Side in uh, Ronnie's neighborhood, uh, and he wanted like 950 a month, and he was going to split his uh, kitchen and turn it into half a bedroom, half a kitchen. And uh, and I was going to get the one half of it for nine hundred a month. Making a sandwich on your bed. Now, now did your mom? Fridge. Did your mom worry about you at all being up here in the oh, big? She's, she's terrified. She's absolutely terrified. But she she signed off on it, huh? Well, I told I told her since I was young. I want to I want to go to the city. I want to do something. And then you know, uh, then it became I want to go intern with Ron and Fez. And it was something that I was going to do whether they liked it or not. Luckily, they did. So they're helping me pay for it. But... He's got rich parents. I can yeah, tell. No, no, not at all. But. Uh, rich enough, richer than I, so that you can definitely. What are you, your parents in the unpaid furniture business? What do they do for <laughs> My living? mom's a nurse, uh, uh, and they're divorced. My dad sells medical supplies. Yeah, so not rich. We're about typical American family in Crawford, Texas. Perfect. Did you ever see the president when you were down there? <laughs> yeah, I met him a few times actually. Uh, 
he was kind of cool. The coolest one we met, though, was Putin. The, they, him and Bush did a, a, a press conference in our gym, the Russian, former Russian president. Mm-hmm. I think he's still the president. He's Were you close enough to gut him? <laughs> if you wanted to as a kid, could you have killed Putin? Uh, yeah, I, pro- I probably could have, and I'm, something I regret to this day. Now, are you uh, one of those charismatic Christians coming out of Texas? No, uh, not really at all. I was when I was younger. I actually gave a sermon in, uh, in our church when I was like 12, and then I, I, I found the devil, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of straight away. Well, who, who, who turned you on to Jesus as a young uh, boy? Yeah, my dad. My dad is really religious. So, yeah, everybody so. in Texas is, huh? Yeah, most of them. Most yeah. of them are. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have anybody as crazy as... Your friends, the Westboro Baptist Church, but you know. Well, that is the church that I'm in. Yeah. I'm part of that. I was raised with them. What's their website again? Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, GodHatesFags.com. Is that what they're rocking? I think it is. And I think you can get to that website through like GodHatesCanada.com. I didn't know that. GodHatesAmerica.com. Well, that's the same thing. It's yeah. saying GodHatesFags. I think they have about, no They just went to GoDaddy and loaded up on GodHates. GodHates dessert. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They were just uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, protesting a soldier's funeral. Someone came driving by, tried to pepper spray the group. Yeah. <laughs> it missed and hit all the anti-protesters. The oh, perfect. I was just in Omaha. You were just in everywhere. Yeah. That's the sad <laughs> thing about I your life I right could now. just tri- <laughs> drive to, by the... I've never seen them in person. I want to see them live. Are they doing any more live dates at the Westboro Baptist Church? Well, you'll just have to wait for anybody that dies that's either a celebrity or has given their life for their country. That's the people God hates the most. They better not do Robert Duvall if he goes. Well, I don't think he'll ever die. I don't think um, Duvall could die. But but any soldier, they're happy to show up and yell shit out there. So you feel like the way you were raised is a little different than them. Yeah, I mean, I was exposed exposed to a lot of different things uh, Mm. throughout my youth. Penises? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but everything else. Uh. Right, this is on Funny or Die right now, and it reminds me of you because it's a lot of middle-of-the-country middle stuff, okay. a lot of Texas stuff. Uh, amount of people who believe that Obama is a Muslim in this oh, yeah. country? 18%. 18 really? Is this real stuff, though? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. It's a real thing? Yeah, they put this together. 18% uh when you grew up, did people down there think that he's a Muslim? Oh, God. That was one of the biggest fights my dad and I have because my senior year, I lived with them, and I wanted to put an Obama sticker on the back of my truck, which I regret now. But that mm-hmm. was a huge fight uh, that we're not going to have an Obama sticker in front of a Christian house. We're not going to support you know, the Taliban. Uh, we, we go to church every Sunday. What kind of sense does that make? All right, I already love your dad. He's, <laughs> he's a batshit crazy Texan. That's, that's my stepmom. But, yeah, she's fucking – she's insane, but – uh, you ever see her naked? <laughs> no, I you avoided it. Yeah. What, your dad just down there fucking barbecuing every meal, no matter what it is? Get <laughs> oh, up, yeah. we got some oh, ribs yeah. for breakfast. Hell yeah, exactly. A uh, huge number, of course, <laughs> thank the moon landing hoax. Uh, we never landed on the moon. That was a cartoon that they made. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Is that a, that's not a southern thing, is it? That's kind of yeah. a coastal thing. Yeah, no, well, it's across the board. Um, this one surprised me. 18% of the people thought that the Earth was the center of the universe, <laughs> and the universe goes around the Earth. But this is even better. 3% said they had no opinion. They had uh, no opinion on what the center of the universe is. Does it have Conan just thought it was him? <laughs> God, you hate Conan. You despise that man. 
I don't despise him. He just has my dream job. That's the job I got into comedy because of David Letterman. You and that's my to be dream David job. Letterman? Yeah, and I think I don't think he does it justice. Well, here's an interesting thing. You know, everybody's always acting like taking over the Tonight Show. Who's going to blah blah blah? How come no one ever takes talks about taking over Letterman's job? He's. I I think, in my opinion, and keep it. You know, I know there's so many people who love Conan, and mm. I'm gonna. It's probably gonna be you suck nuts and Conan's awesome. Well, you know, I, I don't need that's that. That's really witty. But. Uh, <laughs> uh, I almost feel like at this point, it would shock me if Letterman leaves and, you know, he's, I think he, they said on Yahoo, he's, he's good through 2012, and then, uh, you know, he could stay forever, but I think it would shock me if it what if it, if it's not Jon Stewart, right? Doesn't that seem like I don't think Jon Stewart's going to want it. Didn't they offer to him, offer it to him a couple times? <coughs> they I offered think... him the ABC job. Yeah. Uh, I think he's nestled right in where he should be. Um, I, th- I You think so? Yeah. He's really? doing great stuff over there, too. It's, yeah, I mean, seven years in a row, he won, like, the best fucking whatever, the variety show, whatever, over Letterman, over Leno. If he goes over to CBS, he won't be able to do his kind of comedy. He's in the news more, too. You, you see way more articles talking about what Jon Stewart said last night than what, you know, Letterman or Leno well, said. That, that's the thing, is, like that, is that his goal is to be, uh, like, a kind of a social political comment or does he want to host a talk show but here's the deal if you could do i mean what would be the if you already have a hot show and this is what happened to conan he had a show that fit him perfectly but he acted like well it's not as big as somebody else's yeah. show so he went and got the shit kicked out of him because he wasn't yeah. ever supposed to be there um leno are you a fan of leno at all no when Leno did stand up, he's a really nice dude, I guess. Though when Leno did stand up in the eighties, I I can't begin to tell you how fucking good he was. I've heard so many people say they've never seen anyone kill like Leno in stand up. Yeah, I I saw him a cl- in a club, just just beat the fuck out of the room. Yeah, just beat the shit out of it. And when he got that show, he started to fall into this nice. He wasn't the nice guy before he did that show. He used to do. Uh, Letterman and kill him and Letter- Letterman would be wiping fucking tears out of his yeah. eyes. But, and he wasn't doing this middle of the road type material and you know. But he's really loved by middle America now. If you did Letterman versus Leno in my hometown, Leno would win you know 10 to 1. No, I get that but at the same time I think that he gave up his fastball by doing that. I think yeah. he would have been he would have been remembered as one of the greatest comics if he never got the Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. Um, if he just kept doing and then went into the doing one-hour specials. Right. Kind of like that Chris Rock path thing. Yeah, or or Carlin or whatever. Uh, but the weird thing is he never would do. In those days, he wouldn't do specials because he didn't want to burn up the material. He felt like, no, if you do it on HBO and it becomes a DVD, you put it to rest. And now here he is just burning through fucking material <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. He does have, from what I've seen or read about him and the whole conan thing i know letterman loves loved or loves conan so i i guess for that i gotta kind of say he's he's got to be good at something if letterman likes him but uh with with leno he has this weird everything you read about him he has this thing of like it could all go away and he could be broke yeah that's he like tries men- to make that that's a, mentally fucking ill yeah like he's, he says he doesn't spend his tonight show money which is ridiculous i mean that's retarded that's yeah. something that a retarded old cat lady would do yeah He's got it all in a jar mm-hmm. under his car garage. Well, I no was kids. out in Vegas. What's that? And no kids. That He could have a million kids. It wouldn't fucking matter. He's making $30 million a year or something. Let's even say he's making 20 
for 20 years and hasn't spent it. So Lord knows what that's yeah. up to now. He doesn't like he doesn't have an agent negotiate his contracts. He just he says he says if if he thinks it's fair, then he takes it. He's a strange guy. It's not like he can spend all that money once he retires. He, he thinks he can. He's not going to retire anywhere. Where's he going to retire? I think he's going to die right there. I mean, there he doesn't even desk. take weekends off now. He works on cars, gets he in planes, touring. and does stand-up at bad casinos. Yeah. Is, is his stand-up still funny? Does he still have the stand-up? I haven't I seen him. I haven't seen him either. either. But it was very weird. Like, um, a few years ago, I was in Vegas and he was just like standing out front, like waiting for a car. But it felt more like he was like standing out front, waiting for people to come by and say hi. Oh, like, like I, he couldn't be fucking comfortable. There's no way. That, I, I don't think. I think the whole thing of uh, like once you're so famous, people bother you. I think, and just from experience, I haven't experienced it where it's bothering. Like it's still exciting to me when somebody mm. says hi and they know me. Uh, I think it carries on. Like granted, if they're bombarding you while you're eating, it's probably annoying. Right. But I think if you're at an airport and people are walking by and they're not saying that's Jay Leno, part of him's like uh, he part of him's wanting to just start a monologue, <laughs> right. just so people go, "Hey, hey that's everybody, a, that's the guy, <laughs> that's Jay Leno." Well, I think it. De- I, I think actors probably have a harder time with it than comics. There's no reason a comic should fucking have a problem if some yeah. idiot's walking over and saying you're funny or you're not funny. Every time I walk up to an actor, I want to walk up and go, "Hey, uh, do you know where the guy that wrote the things you said is? <laughs> I'd like to talk to He's that guy. Great. He's great. He's great." You were really, uh, I saw that movie, could have been anyone else reading that. I think acting's so ridiculous. You hate acting? I don't hate it, but I, I, don't, I think there's a group of people that are great at it. Old De Niro and Pacino mm-hmm. and, and Brando, and there's probably a woman in there somewhere. Streep. There you go. But uh, I think for the most part, any actor could just be complete. It's, you know, it's the thing of like, you could just take them and it could have been somebody else. You hear the story of like, oh, he, his career got started because someone saw him at a baseball game, yeah. or uh, he stood in line and he got auditioned. And it's like, so that's that's how we find the great at things. Well, I mean, they do um, cap their teeth and keep their weight down. So there are yeah. things that you have to do because it's always like really funny when you see some of those people when they were younger and they looked like shit. Like yeah. they'll show you like their high school picture and you're like. Well, there was better looking fucking people than you in my high school. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the th- I think uh, they get so much credit. Anytime a like a chick, a hot chick goes ugly or or gets raped, they're like yeah. lining up to give her an award. Well, there are certain things you've got to uh, when a, when a woman gains weight or fucks her hair up, she's going to get yeah. nominated. What's the really hot chick that did that? Um, she was a serial killer. Uh, that was the, the yeah. yeah yeah that was monster. Yeah, uh, where she played for the first time in her life, unfuckable. Um, yeah. She goes in this yeah, one to some people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, yeah, not in Daytona where beholder. she was working. Yeah, but literally, she's the less fuckable you get if they know you're fuckable. Yeah, boom. Jessica Alba, I should have. We should have told her that while she was here. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to do that, or uh, you can do another Fantastic Four? Well, the one thing that's working for is the only thing left for her now is she's Spanish. So she's got the Robert Rodriguez thing working. Now, you, you grew up with a lot of Mexican kids, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you speak any Spanish at all, Russell? No, no, no. Uh, there, was, there was a choice to take me- uh, Mexican. Mexican. That's not yeah. the language. You can yeah, take that's Mexican. Language. That's probably yeah, what they yeah, called it in Crawford. Yeah, yeah so you, really could take Mexican, down. you could take Mexican or German, and everybody took Mexican, and I wanted to be different. So I took <laughs> German, which was a brilliant fucking idea. 
Guten Tag, Ron. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So that's for all the Germans that are living in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a big uh, there's a big German population in the uh, West, maybe a lot of. Czechs, there's a lot of Czechs there. That's close to Germany, right? I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> Language still isn't going to work on him. Strange young kid. He took, he took German instead of geography. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go over here to uh, John. John, you're on uh, Ron and Fez. Say hi to Tommy John again. Hey, guys. Yeah. Um, saw Leno in Vegas. You're right. It's just lame. I actually fell asleep. Mm. It was great, though. It was once great. I mean, you could say that about anyone, you know. Like, apparently, he is still selling places, and he goes out every weekend in a private plane. Just jumps on a jet. Yeah. Pops in, sells out a big theater somewhere. Does the comedy store or uh, comedy magic club every Sunday, and still takes the door. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God, he true? still takes the door. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he does with. He's back there counting ones. Looks like we had a pretty good uh, night here, huh? Now, does he spend that money? I don't know what He spends his stand-up money. That's his thing. That's what I've read, and that's what he claims, is that he spends his stand-up money, and then he puts the Tonight Show money away. But that is, like, fucking retarded. Yeah, away where? His stand-up money has got to be, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm assuming, like $10 million a year, uh-huh. just from his dates and corporates and stuff like that that he still does. And his Tonight Show money is, like, 20 so he's like says he's... It's 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 like an old woman. Like uh, there's ten million is my spending money, and then this twenty goes back for uh, just in case there's another depression. And, and he probably doesn't even use it in a bank. It's probably all sitting in refrigerators. Yeah, in his cellar. Somewhere. He probably has like a pimped out Brinks truck, and he just keeps his money in the back of it. He had to take some of that money and get the chin work done. Just go in there and have yeah. somebody take a couple of feet off the end of his chin. Why does he just take a little bit of it and get a couple of Letterman's writers to come over? So you really don't even think there's close between the shows. <laughs> Letterman's the guy. It's literally, and uh, I, it's so, uh, it's very surreal. Even if the third time, I don't want it to be the last time, but even right. if it's the last time, it's still unbelievable that I've done it. Now, if you got offered The Tonight Show, even though you got this relationship with Letterman people, would you say no, can't do it? If it were for my show to do, I don't think I would say no. I mean, Letterman has no interest in doing it. I could turn it around. No, but I mean, no. I could write the if shift. you were offered just to come on and do stand-up once. Oh. No, I couldn't do that. No. You couldn't do it. You're, no. you're a homer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you do it, I mean, it is a thing. Like, they're, they're competing. In the, you know, they don't, mm. don't want to use each other's guys. You know, if, I, if you're doing a movie, you can do them both or something like that. But uh, as far as doing stand-up, there is kind of this thing of you do one or you do the other. And if you jump ship, then you're now that guy. It, it takes a couple of years to get back. Tommy's team, Dave, Dave. That's it. He is. Yeah. He didn't give a shit about Leno. He's all about Dave. <laughs> Ruskin already. Rad. Ruskin's doing his summaries, Fuzz. <laughs> he is after you. Seriously, do you feel the footsteps? Yeah, and he wants those tickets to the taping tonight, too. <laughs> and he's not study, no tickets. He's going backstage with them. Oh, yeah. Take oh, there's him, a will call window, I'm sure. <laughs> take him backstage, show him around the catacombs. Let him go into Ryan, uh, what's his name's thing? Yeah, we need to bump into Ryan Bingham on his way out. Yeah. Well, I, maybe they're doing two shows that today. They're doing a four and a six. I guess if he's on tonight, he's on the four o'clock taping. Can, Ryan get, Bingham. can you get the kid in early and let him just fucking meet Ryan? I don't think so. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. can. That's got to be the song he's doing, right? He's no, probably already done no. that on Letterman. Yeah. He's won the Oscar for that. Come he's on. done he's that done one on Letterman. That shit. There was a, I, I listened to country music a, a bit, and mm. there was... A country singer, like a new artist that uh, Letterman heard 
just driving in Montana mm-hmm. and p- had him booked on the show. Isn't it, I mean, just stories like that still happen? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why. I mean, because if you watch Letterman, unless it's Bill Murray, he doesn't seem overly engaged. Oh. Bill Murray's the one, though. Bill Murray's the shit to him. He was great in Get Low, too. I know he's going to yeah. get overshadowed by Duvall, but he, I was, don't think so. he was fucking great in that movie. I don't movie. think he's going to get Laughing out loud at that guy in that movie. Oh, yeah. Just immediately. And here's the funny yeah. thing. It's not – there's no comedic lines written. No. I mean, if you look at the lines that he's getting laughs with, they're just regular lines. Yeah. But the way he's developing uh, – the way he's delivering. I'm laughing out loud in the movie. I'm laughing out loud, and there's – and I'm, I'm completely ignoring – there's these two women behind me. Talking about how nice Robert Duvall's cabin is and how it would be a nice place to go in the summer and and have a family. Like, what? Are we watching the same movie here? It's a nice cabin, but let's enjoy the flick. It's about time for me to get low. That's about it. This is a great. Yeah, you got an impression, guy. Yeah, you really are. You do, you do any more impressions? I'm trying, to do, I'm trying to cover the gamut. And, you know, I'm trying to do all the different things. Well, they're working. I don't know why, but they just seem like they're working for you right now. <laughs> Eggs, you didn't tell me how talented this kid was. I didn't know. I spent this fucking morning. <laughs> well, he's the one. Didn't he send us stuff before? Yeah, he didn't sent us a very nice email. Uh, do you guys do Pro Tools? Because I want to... That was you, right? Yeah, you guys are going to be getting a lot more country rejoiners. You mentioned that earlier. going to be a lot more Ryan Bingham. Uh, oh, all right. Give us the I alternative. Like so yeah, get ready. A little alt- country. Al- yeah, because absolutely. fucking Hicks is going back to his bullshit. Fucking Williamsburg. Playing a fucking Devo covering the Stones. Come on, it's fucking ridiculous. You're Great already problem. sick of Hicks. <laughs> Finally, somebody's knocking you off your fucking high horse. Sorry, not for the fucking goddamn Austin City Limits bullshit. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I want this show to be: Austin City Limits. Hell yeah. This kid's got a set of balls on him, Hicks. <laughs> he has got a set of balls on him. I'm making an enemies list. Good. That's the way to come into a yeah, place. Absolutely. Seriously. That's what I thought. That's come in thought fucking shotguns blazing. You got to go after the biggest guy, right? Yeah. In prison? That's what they told me. It's the Texas thing to do is just come and try to fucking... I like think. having him in here with me, too. I don't want him in the other room answering <laughs> phones like some fucking ham and egger. <laughs> so your mom's a nurse down there, huh? Yeah, she is. Diabetes and endocrine. So oh, good for you, little, Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, you could do. She could call in and do some diabetes. Personal nurse, one nice. on one. Yeah, absolutely. she could check your sugar over the phone. She would love to do that. <laughs> I'll just bleed into the receiver. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear some of some of her advice. Good. Fez likes getting advice from people. Lady Trucker right now is his main one. Are you staying with the polo? I tried call Paulo called me. I tried calling him back, and it went right to voicemail. I never know where Paulo is. Now, Fez, when Lady Trucker called, she called just a little while, and I was on the phones. I thought of immediately just hanging up on her, but then I, I you know, I said go ahead and put her through and let her. So you're already ready to run the show from the back. Well, no, yeah. I didn't. That's why I said I'm gonna put her through, but I'm just picking on Fez. I call day. in. I call in all the time. I just and just will say. I'll just say my name's Tom, and then just yeah. throw out a line. Nobody. It's, I don't tell you guys <laughs> that I'm calling. I call the other day and I go, uh, it's Tommy John again. And then I get fucking screened. Oh. I get through with Tom. I get that Tommy. They're like, oh, now yeah, I yeah, never yeah. recognize your voice. I call a lot. Not a lot, but a decent amount as Tom. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've been since it switched it to Tom since the Tommy Can You Hear Me's. Oh, yeah. Smart idea. Yeah, you can't get through with that. Did I ever do a Tommy Can You Hear Me team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Good. I like to consider nope, that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's so quick. I'm, I'm a... I'm, I part of me worries that I'll be my voice will be recognized. I'll be embarrassed. We're just like, why didn't you just say? Why didn't you just say it was you? 
You're already at that point now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to call. Well, Louis C.K. called here not too long ago, and they wouldn't put him through. And fucking Louis C.K. is talking to New Girl, the fucking idiot, going like this. Um, Ron has interviewed me before. I did the Unmasked show, and I have a line based on something. And I, she's, um, she comes back. Do you know a Louis Seek? Because he wants to be on. What are you fucking Pepper, doing? Pepper, Louis. I just start screaming what are at you her. Put him up, put him up. Doing? I saw him at the cellar last night. How was he? It was great. Dude. He was working on some stuff. I never, it was funny because there's, uh, there's like this, I, Nick Griffin, there's a guy named Nick Griffin who's a really, really great comic. He's in Letterman a lot. And one of my favorite comics, right? And then he's on stage, and then Louis's next, and then Louis pops in the room, and obviously a bunch of people kind of like turn around and they're looking at Louis C.K. and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this is causing a stir. Nick's on stage, people looking around at Louis. Louis's on stage, right? Louis goes up next. Fucking Chris Rock pops his head in, <laughs> causes the same stir to him. <laughs> I, even to me, Chris Rock is distracting when he pops his head in. I, and he didn't even go up, he just looked in for a second and thought about going up and then didn't. Is this when I don't like the way everybody's uh, handling Louie? Oh, this guy. No, it was a great crowd. I think it just was running later. So he said he just didn't. He told me, he said to somebody, he's like, I, I can't just do one show. I got to do 200. I, what's that even mean? I, know, I, think he, I think he means if he does it, he's got to keep, you know, he's going to do the next show and the next show. Oh, so like he hadn't been on in a while yeah. and it's like, no, nah, I just can't jump up there. Him and Louie are really close. I've heard Louie tell stories where the, he yeah, they're like uh, best friend and stuff like that. I need a best friend like that. I know. I need Chris Rock to be my best friend. Yeah. Oh, so I'm thinking Tommy's going to, Letterman and I are going to be best friends after tonight. <laughs> you don't know. If everything works out. You don't know. Look how you and I hit it off today. Yeah, no kidding. Already you got me hating Hicks for the first time in my life. What? <laughs> Seriously, you look old and tired. And I have old and tired. Just no more fun. Well, this isn't the first time we met. The first time we met, Ron, is, was after the Michael McKeon unmasked. And I came out and shook your hand and you said, uh, I don't know why I have to shake hands and fucking Michael McKeon doesn't. And then walked off. But well, th I think your appendix was burst. Yeah, so then I, totally, I went to the hospital and my fucking appendix yeah, taken out. Lay off Ron, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, I said, I said, you know, I forgot. He it. is going after the big guys. But yeah. why, didn't you, why didn't you go shake Michael McKeon's hand? He left. As soon as the interview was over, he, he ran out and he was gone. And then That's you know, what I was trying to do. It was just you and Chris standing there. And yeah. you, were, you weren't happy about that. <laughs> well, I, I had 104 fever. How did you do that? I, I was so curious because during the interview, you couldn't tell at all. That you I were, barely remember that interview at all. Really, I, mean, I don't remember shit. I remember, I remember thinking, "Oh, good, he's talking a lot. This is going nice. I hope I don't throw up." It was a really good oh, geez, what happens if I pass out right now? <laughs> and then I would look over, like, and Fez always gives me like, you know, time cues, and I'm like, just fucking interviewing for a long time, and I'm fighting off the fever, and I'm feeling it, and like, I just Fez like put up a five, like five minutes has gone by. I was like, "You fucker, I'm gonna kill you for that." <laughs> It was uh, a great interview. There was no way you could tell. Well, there's not much, you know, that's based on him. I don't know what I said other than uh, I'm really sick. I think I said to him once, do you think I'm dying? Um, I think you suggested the new Chris Guest movie. I don't remember. What was the theme? You wanted them to all... They'll be firemen or yeah, something Yeah, you all wanted like to be that, fire. Yeah. You all wanted them to be... Well, he, they act like they're doing a new movie, but they're very fucking secretive. Yeah, he wouldn't say oh, a word. Have you ever watched any of the Chris Guest films? Yeah. And We've had a couple of them on. And they're brilliant guys, but oh, are they precious about themselves? <laughs> yeah, they're precious. they're good movies, but uh, there's no reason to. I mean, they've done a good job of keeping some of those movies a secret after they release them. Oh yeah, they're not big. 
They are to, not big. But everybody, not talking about it now. <laughs> everybody who sees them loves them, you know, and they have that extra thing. Mm-hmm. I know you. You're like, let me get this big mass appeal audience. Let me fucking yell out, you know, one catchphrase and be done with it. Um, but they, they care more. All right, Z-Man <laughs> just wrote me a thing that he feels like he's read his one of his best blogs. And it's just called Of Biatches and Cigars. I don't know why I would want to read this. I don't know if it's the best blog, but it's the best title. Yeah, well, he works harder on the title. Tommy Z's going to the streets. Biatches? I guess he is. Nice. I guess he is. Shouldn't it be cigars? <laughs> <laughs> Stove. Z. Well, he is one of the guys. Oh, I got some great sticks. Let's call it a fucking cigar. All right, now they're calling you Tin Roof Rustin, which is nice. Oh, great. That's... They could fucking love shack your name. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the fact that you're that you're sitting sitting here dressed like a young sailor. I don't know what <laughs> what the whole Cracker Jack look that he has. <laughs> Did I really say to this kid, I don't know why I got to fucking shake people's hands and Michael McKean doesn't? I didn't hear you say that. Yes. Yes, it was great. I wouldn't have expected anything less. It's fucking perfect. I laughed about it the whole way. He doesn't. He look, nice looking kid doesn't look like he fits in much over here. Nice looking guy though. Look uh, like. What are you saying? You look like you'd try to ruin Van Wilder's time <laughs> at a college. All right, so he looks like he's in the bad frat, yeah. like a bad, like uh, rich boy frat. Yeah. Yeah. The alpha he swear. He swear. You swear you're not rich though, right? No, not at all. I mean, I, the only reason I wore college shirts is my first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll just start dressing like Hicks after today, but I didn't. Wow. Know. Wait a second. Wow. I, didn't know. Wow. I, no, I think he looks great. I didn't want. I don't want to be a sailor. Hicks isn't boy. a nice collared shirt. All black. I love it. I love the all black. I for me, you look like a high school production of Midnight Cowboy. I don't know <laughs> whether they even do those, but just like a really oh, young version. Where's Joe Buck? How come Joe Buck never uses that opening for his TV show? I don't think he knows about it. He only had like three episodes. He didn't have many opportunities no, to, true. to use it. This could be you, but you're doing it on roller skates. Yeah. Where's Rustin at? <laughs> Joe Buck should use this while he's ruining baseball games. Well, he does a baseball game where he's like, let me talk about myself. Well, you're from St. Louis, right? Yeah, is yeah, he, yeah. His is dad's he... huge. Well, his dad, you know. I had his dad on my show when I did it in Florida. He came in, uh, this is like a lot of years ago. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. We're doing a morning show. And um, he comes in and he goes... Uh, what is, what is this, a dry show? <laughs> and we're like, ah. And he goes like this, seriously, you got anything at all? And we had to go in the back and, and mix him a drink, and he just sat there and fucking chilled out with it a little bit. He was great at, yeah, he was great at what he did, and you just got to hope it doesn't go into extra innings. <laughs> well, I mean, his, his, at the time, and this was years ago, his, his nose just looked like a road map. It just fucking, you know, just... Pure alcoholism, but he was riding it out. He's doing it perfectly. Yeah, that's you know that's the uh, that I, I don't I don't know who's gonna be in, in twenty years from now who's who we're gonna look back on as like the you know like the Joe Bucks and the the the, the guys that were calling games right back cool. in the day that, when you could listen to a game on radio and it would be entertaining and right. good and then now you can't even watch it on TV because they suck at calling a game on television. Yeah, there's very few guys that you're like, oh, I'm so glad he's calling this game. Yeah, and then you watch football, and it's for some reason they're talking about, you know, just out of nowhere, it's like, this third down's brought to you by vitamin water. Right. Or something, it's like, <laughs> yeah. who would do that? 
<laughs> Why would vitamin water bring you to the third down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they sell at, when we when we were in D.C. Uh, our station had the the skins games, and we would go watch in the press box. And those guys would just be handed cards while they're doing the show. They're just handed cards because <laughs> yeah. everything they have to sell every second. But that's because the NFL charges so much fucking money. They make it impossible to own the team and not lose money unless you start to sell punts. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> <laughs> through the whole like through this hang time. They're just calling like <laughs> just yelling at Pepsi. Right. Soda, Coke. Well, what always gets to me, too, is like you'll be watching Monday Night Football and then they'll just like bring up some other show. Later, Dancing with the Stars is <laughs> yeah, coming up. Yeah, it pops up, up huge uh, at yeah. the bottom. Somebody dances across right. your screen. And then That's the, what the audience is. They'll all start to discuss it like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to really be good. I love how they, uh, they'll do Like they'll put a football player in. Like that brings the brutes into Dancing with the Stars. Right. <laughs> like that's what we're going to be. T- Did you see the game last No, it's uh, Tebow and Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Emmett Smith looked great. Went into overtime. He really did the well, good song. Went into extra dancing. <laughs> I love and- a good story during a game. That's you know you Would don't get just that much. Give you a backstory. You don't get that much anymore. Like they either give you a backstory on a player, no matter if it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Tony Roma, just like any player, or or they'll tell you like you know like old school stuff, especially during baseball because there's a lot more downtime. They, yeah. they tell you some great stories. I can't imagine. I bet you could put Joe Buck on Mike for a year straight, and there wouldn't be a good story coming out of that guy. Well, he hasn't done anything but there's broadcasting. Nothing good a story. You there's know, nothing his, a story from him. Right. His whole life is just like. I've always wanted to be a broadcaster. But those old guys actually went out and lived lives yeah. before they started doing that. And then they used to, like, you know, it, they weren't, it wasn't like, oh, this is a profession. It was just like, uh, this fuck up. Look at him. He's calling baseball games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a loser. Yeah, it's the same thing where with basically with everything. Whenever, when you start making so much money at it, or you start paying so much money. It becomes like a career choice. And Seinfeld said something about that with stand-up. Like, when he did it, it was just a thing. I, I'm born to do this. Right. But then it became a thing of, like, should I be a lawyer or should I be a comedian? And that's – I think when you do that, you get a lot of people like uh, – I feel like this is the – you know, and maybe you think – you know, maybe people think I'm not good at it. But I think this is the only thing that I wh- – however much you think I suck at this, I would suck more at everything else. This is the only thing I could do. What yeah, I'm I doing. can't imagine you as a bank teller. I don't I think. Can't, yeah, yeah, this is the only see. thing I could do. And I – I think I made the choice. There was a point where you know I just I didn't even think about. It. I was just like as long, you know as long as I could just make a living doing stand up. That's, mm-hmm. that's the. And then some people get in. You know you see all this stuff and try to they try to you know. I've had people talk. You know literally at at one point, you're trying to do something and they're like how many uh, how many friends on the internet how many MySpace <laughs> is that really, really gonna, I don't even know the real people. You know what you can do? Give me three days. I'll just make up a million people and set up accounts, and then I'll have a million friends. So who would ask you about that? Like booking people? Like no, yeah, like booking people, like clubs when you're mm-hmm. trying to you're trying to plug stuff, and then you know you like you take a meeting and uh, like there's that story like Dane Cook when he got that thing and he just showed how many friends he had and kind of logged on and when he got his like tour show it just showed how many internet friends he had, which mm-hmm. it works for him, but. They take things that aren't important and then they make them important instead of just taking the things that are important and then having this stuff be extra stuff. Yeah, um, but, you know, at the same time, it's one thing when they try to do it from the outside. I think it's worse when people do it to themselves. Like, man, I'd like to do that bit, but I don't want to, you know, go the exact opposite of what people think I should be doing. I can't even talk to people. When they do stuff like, when they say stuff like, I'm trying to put this video together, I think it's going to get a lot of hits. Or, uh... (laughs) 
Or do you, you know, do you have this, like, they start talking about this other, like, these calculated moves of, right. of it's like, Jesus Christ, can you just be, can you just be good at this first? They, uh, but it's almost like, like, they've never even attempted to be good at it. You know what I mean? That's what fucks me yeah. up about people, is like, they're so willing to fucking, to do something that they don't even have to be told now. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to even be pulled in. They can't wait not to. That's why I wanted you to lay out John Landau today, Fizzy. <laughs> I thought that would have been your move back in the sun of just saying, here's something I feel you might disagree with me, but I'm going to fucking tell you. I would have loved that. Does it... I don't know. I I, the only... The movie that I was... I thought it, visually it was like, this is, this is cool to watch. But the, the every it was just the weakest script mm-hmm. story. At one point they said we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. <laughs> and when the movie's taking place, the line's a thousand years old. They're still going to be using lines from the, that movie in a thousand. That may years. be the most quoted movie of all time, The Wizard of Us. No. I don't know if anything's quoted as much. Most synced up movie as well with Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> you still doing that? Are you smoking a half a joint and fucking trying to line your pink foot up I'm with in it? College, absolutely. You have to do it at least once. Are you in college or are you living in Astoria? <laughs> I don't understand how you could be 19, leave your fucking home, go live in Astoria and hang out here for three months. <laughs> well, I'm going to school. I'm taking classes on Saturdays so I can come, come in here every day. Wait, you take a class every Saturday? I take two every Saturday and one on Wednesday nights after this thing's and, over. And that to you feels like college? It's, I'm getting credits. I got, you know... The, the whole that was the whole thing with my parents is you can go do this whole New York thing as long as you get the paper in the at the end of it you get the degree as long as you stay in you're school. gonna get a degree three classes at a time you, well that's, another twenty that's years a, that's nine hours plus this was another three so it's twelve hours oh, this a is semester a full time. yeah absolutely I didn't know that you get three hours for this you get three do I yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're gonna get three, I'm three hours three semesters short yeah. of a bachelor well, I've been in be enough perfect. I can get yeah. three credits for this um. Well, you get to do once a year, just like you do with Letterman. Uh, <laughs> once a year. I'm a I don't want to burn out. I don't want to burn you out right now. Um, but what is, what is your hope? What degree are you going for? Uh, right now, communications. Um, but that was just so I could get the internship. You had to be a communications uh, major to intern here. So that's what I switched to. Uh, I don't really have a major. I'm like, like Tommy said, you know, I really am looking whether or not to be. Something in this field, or a lawyer, or something. So I don't really. Have You're that. thinking about being a stand-up too? Uh, I mean, that would be the dream, but I don't know if that's... How, how much time are you doing tonight, Tommy? Four and a half. Do me a favor. Give this kid one and a half. Why don't you do <laughs> three? Let honest. him do one and a half on Letterman. If it doesn't fucking work out, I'll run it I'll by be, some people. How many people Letterman have openers? I'll see if you'd be the first. That could be great opening. Opening tonight. I'll be the first guy to come in. Give it, keep it going for Rusty, everybody. Keep it going for Rusty. Rusty, everybody. Great young kid out of Texas. Yeah. And then we could do something where you leave and you set the mic stand lower than it should be, and I yeah. have to go, hey, what's that short guy over here with his Rustin? <laughs> Let's get this back up to an adult level. Oh, okay. Matter of fact, literally, Leno did that fucking joke to me. When I was a huh. fucking kid. That same thing. So good. Fuck him. Now yeah. I'm pissed off just remembering it. Uh. Um, why don't you end with Hook'em Horns? Yeah. Wait, you're not in fucking Texas right now. <laughs> that would normally kill, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to win the national championship this year. We got fucked last year. Or if you uh, turn him upside down, Vince Young will beat you up in a strip club. <laughs> Where is Vince now? Is he still, still in Tennessee? Still Tennessee. Tennessee. Still Tennessee. Still Wasn't he having some mental problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his mom said that everybody needs to leave him alone or something. Yeah. And they do. They knew to leave him alone. I didn't know That's that. what you need as a he, professional. Just your mom in a robe yelling, leave him alone <laughs> on the yeah. front lawn. Exactly. LeBron's he, mom's done the same shit. Just these crazy moms. He beat USC. Nothing else fucking matters in Texas. He don't, sucks. Seriously, you don't need to work below. Oh, sorry. I, he's not He's not a good quarterback. Who, Vince? Yeah. Well, I don't want to argue with you, good, Texas. Good, good. I don't know. They have a quarterback rating. By the way, it's defined, not fined. Oh. You have to say defined. Oh, okay, I got you. So, God, now go back no. and do it. Hey, define. Fuck <laughs> Tommy John. I can define what a good fucking quarterback yeah, talk is. Talk about Jesus. hockey, you wow, little prick. crazy. <laughs> Somebody's going to be standing at a will call for a while. You know what? The thing is, he just never, the thing that gets him over is he never stops smiling. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's, it's happy. It was a little surreal when Pepper was showing me in here, setting up the studio this morning, saying, this is where Ron sits. This is Lappy 3000. This is where Fed. I didn't know he called it Lappy 3000. 5000. Get it right. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's 5000. I know you don't like the kid, <laughs> but he's under my protection right now. Good. <laughs> we're partying in Astoria tonight, Hicks and I, so I think we're going to be... You're going to the beer garden? Taking yeah. the kid to the beer garden? I got him in, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Take him out for Greek food. God damn, there's so many Greek food places on my street. So there's like 17 on, in like three blocks that I walked to my apartment. Yeah, that's, that's all the story is, is, is Greeks and comedians. And I went to a Greek... <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's cheap and on the line. I went to a Greek bakery yesterday, and they wouldn't toast a bagel. Is that a Greek thing? Is that a New York thing? Do they toast bagels? Why would you want to toast a bagel? Really? Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't know you could eat bagels untoasted. And I said, you know, I want a, a bagel, cream cheese. Well, everything, not wrong. These things aren't coming out of the fucking freezer like you're getting them in Texas. Texas yeah. is so fucking hot. When you take anything outside, it gets toasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's used to it that you way. set it on the sidewalk. Crisp it up a little bit. Yeah, but she wouldn't toast it. She goes, we don't, we don't have toast. I don't Greek accent. Hold on, no, you're yeah. doing it's perfect. Yes, we don't wow. have toast. You're yeah, fucking toasters. nailing hey, that accent. Hey, dude, Robert Duvall ordering a bagel. <laughs> Seriously, uh, this kid, I don't know. I got really good feelings about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to be the new ESD Eastside. East, I was listening to uh, Special Delivery, and it sounds like uh, I think I'm thinking that's the next spot I'm going for. Me and Sam, I think we could do that. Are you really uh, already it's or... for Dave? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are something else, this kid. <laughs> you... He is not. He's not a going out of his way to make friends. <laughs> I'll be your Jay Moore. Oh, That'd be just perfect. Call in. Be yeah. Perfect. Yelling about uh... what's Jay been up to? I know he's got the new Clint Eastwood movie coming out, right? What? They broke his leg, right? According to Twitter, a couple well, weeks ago. he had a stress fracture. That's a lot different than breaking. Well, I worry. I think Jay uh, is in a huge. Uh, he's got a big fight going on with uh, Otto of Otto and George. What about? Heard him on uh, O and A maybe a couple couple days ago, maybe last week. Otto called stealing material. There's a whole big fight. I going get, on. get me a copy of that because I didn't hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Here's something you got to understand. I need to sleep very late. I understand. So I need yeah. you to listen every moment. Okay. Uh, Will do. O and A for me. <laughs> Because I slept very, very late. Well, when you're done here, you can just stay in the studio and listen to the replay. Oh, there you go. There, that would just be nice. Just out here with the headphones on. I'd <laughs> rather just have the kid in here just cutting pieces going like this. I think you'll find this interesting. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. You'll have it on your desk. I like the fact that you call him Otto. 
<laughs> auto. <laughs> what is this? What a, what, I'm sorry, I don't have the New York accent. Oh, yeah. wow, he's coming down on everybody. I know. Apologize. What am I fucking Ratso Rizzo to you right now, <laughs> <Yeah>. Joe Buck? <laughs> the, the security lady. <laughs> the security lady. The security lady really did like the fact that I said yes, ma'am. She, uh, she, she liked that. So yeah. If you need any passes or anything? I no, he already gave me a yes, sir, too. Yes, sir. It's so good to be here. Oh, geez, Just love. Yeah. That. When we were in the hall, he goes like this. I'm Ruskin. Uh, really great to be here. Um, um, it's great. And I go, uh, are you from Texas? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm from Texas. I go, I already like this kid. Yeah. Then he has to tell everybody I fucking tried to throw him away for <laughs> stopping me when I had 104 fucking fever. If you didn't stop to shake his hand, he could have saved his appendix. Yeah, that's what I, I might have. It, it was rupturing at that moment. Was I, the la- I was the last person to shake your hand. You were the last person yeah. to see me alive. No, good. Yeah. You were the last person to see me because I, I died on the table. Well, I was going to come see you in the hospital, but I didn't think you want me to bother you. Oh, yeah, that's what he did. Oh, yeah. Hold on the for Texas a fast comeback. Step. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I thought I said it. They, I called him the Texas two-step. Uh, that's good. All right. Uh, look who it is. It's our buddy Blowhard. How you doing, Blowhard? This kid's 18. Jesus Christ. He's like Rupert Pupkin. He really is. Single white female. He comes at 18 years old from Texas to New York. Pepe, you better watch your back. This kid's going to cut your throat for that job. That's true. No. I tell you, he's, he's full of personality. The reason I called was you were talking about sports uh, casters, and one of the funniest things, if you can find it, uh, former Steve Carlton caddy and current Fox broadcaster Tim McCarver recorded a serious CD of him singing. And it's awful, and you have to hear it. What was his biggest song? I had a, I was a lifetime 230 fucking average. <laughs> exactly, and I followed around uh, the greatest left hand after Sandy Koufax. All right, thanks a lot, Blowhard. It's a really good album if you can find it. It's All right, we'll look for album. it. Thanks. All right. yeah, Hicks, if you can't find it, you have to go into the Google archive and start fucking searching pre-1960. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now he's on Blowhard. Right, who, did he, who, was, who did he say when he first, who did he call me when he first called in? I don't remember. I think yeah. he said Texas two stuff. I don't remember. <laughs> um, Chris, you're on a fez. Hey, what's up, buddies? Uh, I got info on the Jay Moore auto thing. Yeah, uh, give it to it me. What it was is Jay Moore's Comedy Central special a couple of years ago. He used a line called, uh, he said, you who was rocking on his bottom. And uh, they brought it up on O&A, and I guess that's one of Otto's lines. We didn't really take kindly to that. All right, hold on. What's the line? Uh, there was you who rocketing on his bottom. Jay Moore was talking about how he took the yes. diarrhea diet. Apparently, it's an auto catchphrase to say "yoo-hoo rocketing." That was where yeah. the big, the big problem was. Was Jay and Jay Moore. said this was Yoo-hoo parallel writing, like I also uh, yeah. call it "yoo-hoo." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But Otto took confer- concern that he came up with a "yoo-hoo rocketing" at the bottom line. Well, uh, it's a career maker. It's a great line. You can't, you can't deny that "yoo-hoo rocketing." That's you are stuff. a ball busting kid. Stuff. You are seriously, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> You are going to get your ass kicked so bad in New York, you won't fucking believe it. I know, right? It's going to happen soon enough. I'm, I'm waiting to get mugged. It hadn't happened yet. Uh, I only care like $1 in my billfold, so I can just give it to him, mm-hmm. but it hadn't happened yet. I like you say billfold. Where do you <laughs> keep the rest of your money? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's boot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you wearing boots? No, I have some boots I can wear them tomorrow, though. They yeah. Said I was, they, people said I'd get beat up if I wore boots in the city. So. No, you, you, you'll be fine. But you do need to start opening your eyes. Okay. I don't know what – I noticed that he can't smile and keep his eyes open at the same time. Yeah. There's only so much space there. I get confused for Chinese in all my school pictures. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if I want this kid to go with you tonight because he might fucking heckle or something. <laughs> I haven't heard you keep your fucking mouth shut for more than a minute. Brought me into the studio. Do I'm you have? The most uh, <laughs> I, I've had Fez in here for seven years. You've said more than him. Um, <laughs> do you got brothers and sisters? I do. I've got one older brother and two younger. Jesus Christ! Just a bunch of fucking Texas. Oh yeah. Necks down there running around shooting squirrels and shit. Absolutely, absolutely. Shooting everything. What's your yard look like? No country for old men. Yeah. Just like when you look outside. Yeah, exactly. There's a fucking antelope in the distance. I've got like a cattle prod and <laughs> shoot. Yeah, exactly. No, we do. I live on like 200 acres. We have cows and shit in the pasture. I don't. Well, how come them. you never brought that up about your dad? You say he sells medical supplies. They're, 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 He's they're, a fucking rancher. Well, if you want, I didn't want to. You're saying I'm talking too much. The whole story. They're divorced. I uh -huh. live with my mom out in the country. My dad has become the city man. Your mom has the 200 acres. Yeah, it's and your stepdad or something? No, 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 just the mom. I think my grandfather was is, was a big Texas sure rancher. Those 200 acres are almost worth 800 dollars yeah, right almost. now. Yeah, almost. Well, it's funny when Bush was president, the eight years when he lived there, yeah. the acre price was like four thousand an acre. And when he left, everybody was still trying to sell it for 4,000 an acre, and nobody can. <laughs> oh. People just wanted to be close to Bush. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've he been says... to Texas, and I haven't been 200 acres without seeing a Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, it's... There's Dairy Queens all that, over it's Texas. It's the Texas stop sign. That's their slogan in the commercials, the Texas stop sign. <laughs> that was such a fucking random line. I wasn't ready for it. Big, big on Dairy Queen down there? Hey, we're more Whataburger, but yeah, mm -hmm. Dairy Queen's all right, I guess. Now, and where's uh, the Chick-fil-A? There's no Chick-fil-A in New York. It's the worst. There's one. Oh, you there's said one. A, there's going to be the Chick-fil-A in New York City. I can't handle this. Where is it? I've, I've uh, got to find it. Let's. Tommy and I will go right after the I'm show. I'm not going to Chick-fil-A in New York. Uh, I'm telling Tommy. you. <laughs> you got to um, find it. Why don't you go toast a bagel, yeah. you little fucking white KKK prick? <laughs> um, doesn't it get like 110 degrees where you live? Yeah, absolutely. It's 110 every day of the week in the summer. Well, by summer, I mean the six months out of the year. It was colder four days ago in New York than it is in December in Texas. It was freezing cold, and it was like 50 here, and it's colder and never gets to Texas. All right, that's it for us, Tommy. You're doing uh, Letterman will be uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, tapes Thursday. I'll be at this in St. Louis doing my own club on Friday, Saturday. So. Do me a favor. Would you just sneak something in for the Ron Fest show? <laughs> just at some point. Yeah, just at some just point. Just end it with a see us. No, just at, well, at some point, just throw in the phrase, fuck a duck. And I think <laughs> that'll be it. Then people are like, oh, I know what his little secret line there. Congratulations. Thanks. You're the silver medal holder. Last Comic Standing. And the Last Comic Standing Tour starts September 8th in California. Go to NBC.com for all the tour dates. You didn't know you were going to get a plug, did you? There, I don't care about that tour. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Come to, my, come to my own shows after the tour. All right, buddies. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, anything else to plug? Oh, the big uh, Friday uh, show. No show. The kid, you might be getting hypnotized. I thought you were going to let him push the button. Uh-oh. Oh, you want to you come over and hit the button? Oh, that would be that That's would be the end of my thrill. show. Come on that over. That would be thrill. Oh, my God. You, you're replacing Hicks in my heart right oh, now. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, right there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV.